0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping Spider-Man No Way Home. It is here in full spoiler details. My God, if you have not seen this movie, get out. Get out so quick. There's a lot to spoil on. Even if you think you know what's coming, you don't really know. So just just leave and go see it. Um, but if, you, if you've watched the movie or you're just a psycho that likes spoilers, please stick around. And uh, I am joined by the Norman Osborn to my Green gob- Goblin. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. I was just
1: going to say, uh, I was just thinking the other day about how we got started, how I reached out to you on Twitter, and I, I just wrote to you, you know, I'm something of a podcaster myself, <laughs> and you you just picked me, and I was just getting nostalgic
0: about all that, you know? The glory days, the glory days, it will, and we will bring that back with references galore, no worries, but uh, we're also joined here by a guest. I'm super excited about this one. I'm trying to think of like a good comparison. Okay, I think I think I found it. Um, this guy, he's like the Doc Ock and we're like the malfunctioning chip. So, uh, very happy to have this guy on one of my favorite podcasters from the kickball friends podcast. It's Robbie Freeman. Just kidding. No, of course not. It's just a How are you, man?
2: Don't you ever compare me to Robbie again? I mean, I, I can't think of a bigger insult. I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, Jesse, before we dive into anything, I, I want to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself to the audience. Um, this is your first time here. Hopefully not the last. But, uh, yeah, just tell people who you are, what you're about, and uh, your love for Marvel. Well,
2: you know, I have – I'm a geek. I, I think my my geek qualifications will speak for themselves. Um, I'm, I'm a Marvel fan, but also on the DC side, I do have a Green Lantern tattoo. Uh, I own – Roughly 13,000 comic books, and that doesn't count the last six or seven years where I've gone digital and haven't been accumulating those. Um, I watch way too much TV. I watch way too many movies. And uh, I'm glad to find kindred spirits in you guys because all of my friends and my fiance, none of them watch the shows that we watch or read the things that we read. And I saw Spider-Man and had no one to talk to other than people that I know, you know through the the, the internet world like this so i'm glad to be here and be able to kind of get it all out of me because it's been busting at the seams to come out and talk to somebody about all of this stuff
0: yeah no i totally get that jesse i also want to like i want to get your like feeling about like this movie as a whole because like i think this has been like it's been like uh, it's definitely been the biggest marvel event of the year but probably the biggest event altogether since endgame um so yeah i guess like uh talk about uh how excited you were and also did it live up to the hype for you
2: well, going into this, I, I knew Marvel was in a real tough situation. Uh, they set it up in such a way that if it didn't meet the expectations of of the crowds, people were going to lose their mind. I mean, people, people thought they knew what was going to happen going into that. And I think if that didn't happen, people would not have been happy. I, I went and saw it on Thursday at 3.30, and I'm glad I did because – uh, earlier that day, I was on Yahoo, and they were already posting things like, can you believe what happened in the in the post credit scene? And I'm like, what is happening in this world where I can't even wait, what, three hours before it comes out to, to, to be spoiled on? So I'm, I'm glad I saw it, and it really did. It lived up uh, to everything I wanted it to be. Um, a common complaint for me among uh, movies is that they're just too long. Two and a half hours is too long for me to sit in a the theater. Uh, and when you have a movie like this, or you have a movie like Endgame, and that two and a half hours just flies by and you want it more, that's, that's, the key to a great movie. Um, I, I'm really happy I saw it. The people in the theater were cheering at the right times. It's, it's nice to see these. I mean, the first time I remember cheering at a movie was Independence Day back in the day. Uh, I think when the dog, when the dog first uh, was uh, saved from the, from the explosion. So it's always fun to have these shared experiences with people out there. And I, I really just think it's going to be um, probably a top tier Marvel movie, even though it's kind of also a Sony movie.
0: Uh, I'm right there with you. Tommy, um, I've kept you quiet long enough. I'm dying to hear your takes. What did you think?
1: I, I loved it. I thought it was a really fun movie. Obviously, like I do have, uh, questions for someone who's never seen any Spider-Man movies if this holds up as well. Cause like, it's definitely nostalgic, right? Like if you watch the Spider-Man, you've seen Toby, you've seen Andrew. It just hits that much deeper. All the references, you know me. I love all these Easter eggs that's in here and there's so much in this movie um i think the points hit me i think i've seen it twice now um and the first time like you said jesse like the the feeling of uh like we're a family in this and we're all watching spiderman we're all laughing and we're all like like excited for those moments second time was a little less there was only i think we got one big like applause at one point but that was it in that movie but the first one was you know everyone was all
0: all over the place so great time you know well, that's what's weird to me. I also saw it twice. My Thursday one, there's definitely, there was definitely reactions. But the second time I saw it on Thursday and then I saw it again on Saturday night and the Saturday night crowd was like way more enthusiastic. I was like, what oh. is going on? Like the, in my first viewing, I was like afraid to like speak up and like shout when I saw uh, daredevil, for instance. So, um, but yeah, so it's very, that's like my favorite part. I was glad I saw it again. I was glad I got a better audience reaction to because that's all that's like so much fun it's just like just makes me smile ear to ear um so tommy i know like we've talked about this stuff and like i've i've been skeptical of this movie for two years now it feels like um i, I didn't really love the concept especially like my concern was that we were going to get all this multiverse stuff and we're going to focus on toby and andrew and we're kind of pushing tom holland to the side once again And, like, not really closing out his story because uh, there was a point we thought this would be his last Spider-Man movie. And, like, I was very afraid that we, like, wouldn't focus on him. But I think the thing that I love about this movie so much is that we got those big moments. We got the nostalgia. We got to see our favorite characters back again. But also, like, they didn't come in... And yeah, they had their moments, right? Like there's, there's, there's uh, individual big moments for, for both of our other spider man but um, they were there to support Tom and his story. And I think that's what makes this so successful and uh, what I'm so happy about. Yeah, totally agree.
1: I think Tom was like, it's Tom's movie and it's Tom's heart in there. Like, man, him, Zendaya both acted acted the heck out of this movie. I mean, everyone though, like you talk about it like, I think I also had some qualms. Like I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to at least be nostalgic. I was worried it was going to be over the top, uh, just throwing things at us to throw things at us. There's another movie that came out this year, Ghostbusters, from my opinion, they did that a little bit. It was a little bit of like, uh, hey, remember when we did this thing? Here you go. We're doing it again. And I feel like this movie did it very tactfully when they they handled uh, the Easter eggs and stuff. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think like, we got arcs with Andrew and them, but it's still they were there to support Tom's arc and Tom's moment in that.
0: Yeah, so, well, if you guys are down, uh, we can kind of like start s- discussing more of the events of this movie uh, more linearly here. And uh, we pick up right where we left off from Far From Home. And uh, a very exciting sequence of, of Tom Holland trying to like get away from the paparazzi. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this, the lady's, like, accusing him of punching her, and then this guy tries <laughs> to tackle him. It was so aggressive. He's, like, trying to get away zipping through the, the air with the webs, and this guy jumps onto a taxi trying to tackle him. Would you do that, Michael? Would you tackle Spider-Man?
0: Uh, h- hell no, right? I mean, Jesse, am I out of, this, out of my mind here? Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who am I? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? As I first watched the opening scene, I, I had a thought and I'm like, it's a very scary thought. And I, I wanna share, but I wanna put some context behind this that uh, I, I think the first thing I said was hashtag JJJ was right. And I don't wanna say I'm in favor of like uh, an Alex Jones type character, cause I obviously am not. But, but if you look at what happened in the previous movie, uh, Spider-Man screwed up, gave those glasses to Mysterio and caused the direct events that led into this movie. And then we see what he does at the beginning of this movie is Spider-Man a menace? I mean, how much of, the, of what we see in, in the last movie in this movie is his fault? His, you know, yeah, he's a young kid, but I, I might get yelled at by this. But I, I think while he's annoying a blowhard and, and possibly a lunatic, J. Jenna Jameson may have some valid points if you get through all the bluster.
0: Uh yeah, and I think that's a big theme <laughs> in this movie because it is like kind of a series of mistakes for Tom Hall, and then they're pretty massive mistakes. But I, I also feel like the core of each decision he makes makes sense for me. Like, like in a way, like, he's got a bit of, a, like, like. Uh, and I, again, we're, we'll be jumping around, uh, around a lot here today. But um, his decision to, like, uh, stop a Doctor Strange from returning all the villains, that, that made sense to me. From his perspective, and having talked to them in that dungeon, like, uh, of course he's not going to send these guys back to their death, right? He's going to do what he can to help them. That's who he is. And uh, it doesn't turn out great, but... Uh, I feel like every decision has, like, that key, that key point, that, that key starting point that it made sense. So um, maybe not so much in Far From Home, but in this one, it, it worked for me. Um, what about... So I, I have, like, a list of events here. Um, so if I, like, jump ahead too much, just let me know. But, um, like, the first thing on my list and the thing that I'm really excited to talk about and what it means for, like, the MCU is the appearance of matt murdoch um so uh jesse what uh first and foremost have you been watching hawkeye of course yeah. oh
2: of I watch course I watch, I watch it all yeah. even the stuff that i don't really love i'm watching it all
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i want to i, well, I want to like probe you and, and see what you think about like the introduction of these characters into the mcu like what do you make of this
2: yeah, I think I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these because I think I probably didn't finish off Jessica Jones once they kind of announced that this stuff isn't going to matter anymore. And now it seems that they're probably going pick to pick and choose what matters and what doesn't and they'll fit whatever they want in there. We saw it with the last episode of Hawkeye and we see it with Matt Murdock there. And this is one of those things, I think, from the initial trailer, we saw like a person with a tie and you didn't see their face. And people are like, I think that's Matt Mur- Murdock. And that's one of those things that had a real small role in the movie, but it was a, a crowd-pleaser, and I think it's setting the stage for things that can happen down the line. And that, that one scene was a fantastic scene. I'm glad it was in there, and, and I, I think it's going to be one of the scenes. There's so many scenes that you'll remember, but that'll be one of the scenes that gets overlooked, and then people will watch maybe a second time and really really come to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it was a really fun scene. Um, Tommy, let me – I don't know if I've actually gotten this reaction from you. Um, and Maybe you did. I have a horrible memory. But what, so, what do you think here? Is this, uh, uh, are these like uh, the variants of these characters? Are they coming straight from the TV shows? How is this working? It makes sense of this for me.
1: Yeah, I think it's straight from the TV shows. That's how I'm taking it, at least until proven otherwise. Um, I think it's many years. I think he seems to have, be more in a stable p- place than he was before. You know, it seems like he knows he's going to help superheroes. And that's what I kind of like. Like, that's the thing from the comics is like, Matt Murdock is constantly. He's the guy they go to for the superheroes. And I think that's so fun that like they did that here. I, I like talked to my room about it earlier, and he's like, no, it's just, like they haven't set it up yet. And I'm like, I don't think they need to. Like, I think it's fine. I think we understand he's a lawyer and he's helping Peter Parker out. It's cool. That's all we need to know. Um, yeah, this was fun. I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. Uh it got leaked and, and all that jazz. And Daredevil's Arms. It wasn't Daredevil's arms, I will say. You know, everyone thought in, in that trailer. Uh, but yeah, this was fun. I liked it a little bit before. It, it was a little cheeky for me, honestly. Was one of the weaker scenes I will say is like them uh, running around naked, Tom Holland, because Happy walked in and I'm thinking he was having sex, and in like any of the breakup, I'm so glad we didn't have to deal with Happy and May's relationship in this movie. Like I don't, I don't need that stuff. So I'm, it's like a scene that was needed to tell us, but I don't like it
0: at all. <laughs> Um, and I, well, I think that's what, uh, kind of makes, um, what happens to May in the end kind of like, uh, more emotional. And the fact that like, uh, Happy was very clear about like, especially like in this beginning scene, like, like he, like, he really likes this woman and it's not totally reciprocated, but, um, and I think that pays off well, especially, uh, at that moment later on. Um, uh, Jesse, do you have anything else about like uh, about uh, a lot of the stuff, even them being like taken into the police station and
2: all that? Well, it's funny. Everything you bring up, it just starts having me my mind move about things I want to talk about later on in the podcast. Uh, the, the the first part was a really good stuff. I mean, you got a quick idea of how their lives, you know, were screwed up through all of this, and and you know, this is a new status quo going forward unless Spider Man does something about it, which of course. He, he does. So I think they spent probably the right amount of time on it, uh, Well, probably like a 15, 20-minute period, and then we moved on to a lot of the Doctor Strange stuff we saw in, in the trailer. So I I, I enjoyed it, and uh, it may, if it was any longer, I may have been like, all right, let's, let's get the ball rolling here. Because one of the things I think I, I had spoken to some others about after the initial trailer was, is the is the trailer basically the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, which – Kind of ended up being the case, uh, so uh, so I was looking. I was really excited to see some of the new new stuff, but uh, I, I can't complain about it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, well, let's let's move on to. You mentioned that, um, of course, uh, the preceding events here is that they don't get accepted into the college that they want. They've like discussed wanting to live together, and uh, Tom Holland has had enough. He's going to go pay his old friend Doctor Strange a visit. Um, Tommy, what do you think of? Uh, uh, well, first and foremost, like I, I, the second time I saw this movie, I saw it with my wife, and uh, she's a big uh, YouTube theory woman. She's very much motivated by that. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going around in the beginning and like the early days of like these trailers where like uh, people were saying Doctor Strange was Mephisto. Um, I don't. I think we can rule that out at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, what did you think about all this? What do you think about his decision to help Peter?
1: You know it made more sense here the trailer really made him look like like a jerk almost like he's doing it behind uh wong's back um which like there's so much i want to dissect after i answer this i do want to go back because i there's a lot that i think happened in between here but uh i think with the whole dr strange thing is like i think he feels for the guy like he said like we've been through a lot like if you think about it spider-man and dr strange spent more time than some of the other superheroes that spider-man knows like this is is his guy you know other than tony who's who's not here so it's like uh, i i think there is a connection there like when he's like you know like this is an easy enough spell it can go wrong but like it's like i've done it before you know no one will ever know what happened to that party the 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 full moon party no no one knows uh so yeah I, i i liked it i think how he handles after i have more
0: issues with Gotcha. Well, Tommy, go ahead and if you want to take us back, if you got something to say, just uh, yeah. throw it at me. It I at want me. to
1: go back. There's some things I just I have some pet peeves.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, this is probably my first grade, and it, there's only like one more, but it's very minuscule. The damage control people. So we see the damage control. They're like the, they're calling themselves off behind. they're kind of handling the things. The one guy is like, "Yeah, Nick Fury's off off site. We can't. Uh, you can't communicate with him. Why does?" What was the point of them being scrolls and being in hidden Nick Fury if all the government just knew that Nick Fury was up in space anyways? And it's like, everyone knew but Spider-Man? Was it just to keep it a secret from Spider-Man? Like, it was just one of those moments of like, everyone in Marvel seems to know exactly what the Avengers and anyone is doing. It's like people knowing what happened on uh, the Soul Planet. It's like, how do people know that Nick Fury's up in, in space? If
0: I, want to <laughs> I, I would love to, like, watch, like, whatever the, I guess it was, I, I guess it is the Daily Bugle. Is that, like, the main source of news? Or the I don't know. But, uh, like, I would love to, like, sit down and watch their version of CNN and, like, figure out, like, how they know all this stuff. Because a lot of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like, uh, how information jumps around. I do have a theory, though, now that you mentioned it. Because, yeah, we do um, uh, we do get a, a, a odd mention of Nick Fury being off-planet. And and uh, Jesse, maybe maybe because I, I feel like I might be missing a piece here, but it it might be my understanding that Nick Fury would still remember Peter Parker having not been on Earth at the time. What what do you make of that? Could he be the one to come back and like explain everything? Well, see,
2: this this is a question that I I, I was going to bring up later down the line, but I can bring it up right now. Like, did Doctor Strange's uh spell at the end just affect earth or did it affect the multiverse and is every peter parker in every multiverse now screwed because of this one choice so i, I don't know if it if it's an earthbound spell or like a universal spell. I think uh, it's
1: this this universe's spell. Like I think it's everywhere okay. like the guardians they're all gonna forget Peter. It's it's just not the other i would because that's the thing too i was thinking about we'll get in, we need
0: to get there later because there's so much of the time stuff i have <laughs> we'll, issues we'll put a um, pen on it it's okay. yeah, I <laughs> um, but, but i,
2: I do want to say that i we'll, we'll talk about a death later on in this but i think if they so choose that could be a scroll point uh if, if they ever wanted to bring said character back yeah. uh because you know, who knows what's going to happen in secret invasion when it when it comes out i would out.
1: hate that it's it, i that gets into my qualms <laughs> of like
0: everyone comes back and it's just like you can't even care about a death because it doesn't matter but we'll yeah that. Uh, just i've complained about the multiverse a lot and the fact that like it, it basically opens the door to anything happening you know whatever yeah. they want they can bring any character back they can reverse any decision it doesn't really matter and the scrolls are kind of the same way with like any given character be like uh, we, uh, the fans turned out to really like this guy. He was actually a scroll. We'll write on that. Well, well
2: the, the fun part with that in the comics is, like, a lot of times you see these characters by themselves with thought bubbles thinking to themselves. And then, like, ten years later, it's like, they were actually evil the entire time. Like, it just doesn't jive up when you're reading it. and You know, the, it makes no sense. But, but I also wanted to bring up uh, that you had mentioned um, Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, They just kind of glossed over the idea that he's no longer Sorcerer Supreme. And, and I wonder because, I gonna, correct yeah. me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think initially um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to come out first before Spider-Man. I, I think it's supposed to come out soon after WandaVision kind of lead into it. So I wonder if they had to do reshoots or if there are things that we see with Doctor Strange now that will be explained later on when, when Doctor Strange comes out.
0: Well, and I've heard reports even of this week that um, we're still experiencing some Doctor Strange reshoots. So... Um, I, yeah, that will be very interesting because I do I do remember that now that you mentioned it that uh, Dr. Strange was supposed to come out first and uh, yeah I, uh, because it, it feels like it should come after this right Tommy like uh,
1: yeah. I I think so I think that's basically but yeah I, I agree with you with the Dr. Strange point of like it, it, I actually like the sources supreme that Wong is I think it's actually really interesting especially in, when you think of Shang-Chi and like the fact that he was kind of handling like the the end press conference he was in the middle that makes more sense now right because it's like if we have the mindset of he's the sorcerer not dr strange that's why he's there i i like that part of it it is like the whole technicality thing it's like interesting right
0: it's like oh i guess so like i guess that's how it works well okay here i'm gonna stop down here for a second Uh, what the hell is wong up to these days like he like (laughs) he just kind of shows up through portals he's got like weird friends now we saw him obviously in shang chi and here he is here, like he's like packing and leaving and like he's like, Don't involve me. I'm like too busy. I got sorcerer supreme stuff going on. Like what what is he doing? What is his plot? He's
1: busy. He's got a lot he's the sorcerer supreme. He's gotta go through portals all the time, Michael. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess so. Uh He's like I don't know. I'd like more Wong. I guess we'll get him eventually. So. Yeah. Um, well, we'll
2: hopefully, hopefully with Wong, he'll now finally get his own flavor of Ben and Jerry's. Now that he's he sorcerer supreme,
0: <laughs> he deserves <laughs> <That's> it. <sad. laughs> um,
1: but that's so. Yeah, the damage control thing that I had an issue with with Nick Fury, and then uh, I just wanted to stop down on the school of what you guys thought. I really like the school scenes. I like seeing like Tom Holland break. And I don't think this was a quick like week. I think this was like a long period of time because like it's like the. The event happened before summer, I think. And then he had all summer, I think, to deal with all this publicity and stuff. And, like, you see it in school, too. Like, um, I love the teachers. I, I did kind of like the Hannibals, this, the, the conspiracy theory. <laughs> Mysterio's
0: right. It's so funny. There's a lot of that in the MCU, huh? There's, like, the Thanos is right. There's the Mysterio is right. There's uh, Jesse is now coined uh, JJJ was right. So. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you see uh, the the mural, uh either jesse or michael did you guys notice anything when he was walking up and there was that scene um uh give uh, me in i'll get you i'll get <laughs> you I was, I was you know i was seeing uh howard stark is on the mural which i love like and and hank pym is and i love like we talked about that with like spider-man uh, the, uh homecoming where like they just have bruce banner as one of the scientists like i like that they're making these characters feel like they're part of the history of the world and not just like mcu history I, I like that they're up on the the wall as like great people it was like historical people and it's all these historical people and there's howard stark in the middle
2: well i think one of the things you have to think about is outside of the world that we see like if, if the if the snap or the blip or whatever they call it actually happened how many books are going to be written on this and how many people like we saw flash has his own book in, the, in these scenes and, and i wonder just like people may know a lot more than we think they know just because it's the most traumatic event in the history of mankind and it's something they kind of uh gloss over in all of this but i i wouldn't mind like just an you know the everyday world of the marvel universe thing where you see how, how it affects everyday life of, of you know joe schmo
0: yes um well let's move on here because this is when things start to really ramp up um obviously uh, well we, we end up uh we, we get the spell and everything peter Peter messes it up. We we kind of touched on that. He's like a, I mean, uh, Tommy, he got really carried away during the spell, right? Yeah. Like, do we need happy? I'm, I'm
1: do we need happy <laughs> in the spell? I get the other ones. Uh, I would, I would probably go May. He was kind of doing May dirty having her third, right? Like, it's like, MJ, I get it. She's your girlfriend. And I get your thought goes to your best friend, but you, you got to do your, your aunt first. Like, that's pretty important, right? Like, you got to tell family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, i guess
1: but happy yeah. get
0: happy out of there he's not necessary he's the weird guy that's creeping on your aunt <laughs> uh yeah so uh yeah we get the spell and then uh we also end up uh dr strange is like "Well, did you ask did you like talk to them at all and uh so yeah i guess that's his next plot here he's gonna he's gonna hunt down the dean is that but he his-
1: acted like that was common like usually if you're denied from a school i don't know what dr strange did but like you don't best you don't contact them after in fact i get this is different right because it's like the whole thing is because they're not even giving them a chance it's because of the whole spider-man thing but like would you would you contact the school to reject you i'm already embarrassed enough i don't want to be like please give me another chance
0: yeah i don't think uh i mean look i did uh uh i did a semester of college that's about it so I got into the one, and then I was done, so I don't know.
2: You know I, after I saw the scene, I, I wrote, it, wrote it down as the third most bonehead scene by a Marvel hero, Ah, uh, number one, I had Star Lord being responsible for half the universe being snapped because he got mad at Gamora being dead and screw that all up. Number two was was Tony creating Ultron and almost you know killing a country and then maybe even the world. But if you look at number three, Peter's desire to, to rewrite the minds of and what are the moral implications of taking memories away from people without their consent? I think mean, you know, we think of him as such a moral character, but that's kind of screwed up. But well, he then, again, he did. Go ahead.
1: No, you go. I interrupted you go.
2: Well, I, I said he, and again, he, he did all of this so his friends and him could get into college. College. He, he was willing to, like, screw with the fabric of reality so they could go to college. And it, it's kind of just wild to think about. Spider-Man, you know, the, the most maybe moral character out there, maybe other than, than Captain America, is, is doing this.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear you, but you, I completely agree. It's the third bonehead mood. You're putting on Peter Parker. I'm putting this on Doctor Strange. He's the <laughs> adult in this situation. He is a child who is... Upset and in very stressful situation, and ask for a promise. You're saying a mind control. Peter didn't mind mind manipulate them. Doctor Strange was the one doing the magic, so he <laughs> is on my naughty list this Christmas. He is then the <laughs> one thing where I'm like, I I like that he helped him. I like that part of it, but I do have an issue with the actual process of then reprimanding Peter. Like you're both in it. You're both cahoots in this plan. Don't like be like Peter. You
0: made mistakes. What? <laughs> Uh yeah, uh MJ calls him out on this later, uh which I really appreciate. Again, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, you're just as reckless in this whole thing. Uh, you yeah, like this is like, uh, who are you to like do all this? But, uh, yes, uh, look, can, Tommy, can we please? I'm so excited to talk about my favorite villain in all of superhero movies,
1: Flash Thompson, and how they went to the MIT party. I, I was going to see if we could
0: go without talking about Flash. I didn't care for Flash in this movie. Oh, who's the villain you're talking about then? Uh, Jesse, are you a Flash guy? Is he like... Well, is
2: he... I, well, I'm more of a Flash guy from the OG movies, you know, played by the guy who went on to be the werewolf in True Blood. I'm, I'm all about that.
0: I think they have a plan
1: for Flash. I'll get it. It's at the end, my end notes, but I think they have a thing for Flash. I think there's an arc there.
2: J- just right. let it be known, in the comic books, Flash Thompson was best man at Spider-Man, at Peter Parker's wedding. At Shea Stadium. <laughs>
0: he wheeled and dealed his way to best man it's so <laughs> <that was laughs> gonna, go, gonna become
1: hobgoblin and then flash <laughs> is gonna swoop in there become that best man role yes
0: um but no i'm talking about i'm talking about uh doc Ock. um this is and look um i'll get into it a little bit later he wasn't my favorite in this movie but he is my favorite of uh the individual spider-man movies uh but uh, yes, yeah, super excited to see uh, Alfred Molina back here. Um, this was this was a fun sequence on the uh, my, most of which was um, we saw in trailers, and then there was like a clip that came out about this. Um, but uh, Jesse, yeah, what do you think about this whole uh, highway sequence?
2: Well, well, going into the film, he was my top pick for being someone who ends up being more of a hero or a helper, and 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 we kind of saw that going on. I, it was great to see him because. Uh, I'll be honest, I had to run to the bathroom really quick and I came back just as the scene started. I'm like, oh, thank you. If I had missed, you know, another minute, I would have been, you know, so, so sad. It, it was great because it brought have the memory, I mean, just think when the first Spider-Man movie, they had moved the Twin Towers from the trailer because you know, that, that hadn't happened when they filmed it. So this is like 20 plus years in the making. And you know, Melina looks great already, and then these little digital, you know, touch up to make him look young too. But it it brought me back to those early days when when the idea of a comic book movie was like, wow, X Men in this, I can't believe this is the best it's ever going to be, and maybe Blade, and, and to see how far it's come, it just gave me those warm fuzzies inside that that was just kept going throughout the whole movie, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, this is really cool. Especially, uh, I guess, I guess my favorite part of it is when, because uh, I'm not like a big fan of like the Iron Spider suit he's got, like, uh, and like, I, like I'm not a big nanotech guy. I could do without it. But uh, when he pulls out the legs and like they're like uh, tentacle fighting, that was really cool. That was uh, that was fun. Uh, Tommy, what are your highlights here?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was just a fun scene overall with all the villains. One of the things I really liked that this movie did uh, was if you watch like the styling, the cinematography is the same as they were when they were introduced in their OG movies. Like Willem Dafoe has his moments where it's like he's getting punched and they give him those facial reaction moments when he shouldn't be able to, because it's so quickly that he's getting punched, but they did that in that first movie and they they brought it back here. You got with Doc Ock here, you have like you go, you pan from the the tentacles up like that's how he was introduced first in, in Spider-Man two. So like, that's fun for me. That nostalgic moments, those moments, uh, they know what works uh i think this was fun and like you said i think doc Ock was fun for the sake of he was like the first part villain and in the sense that like yeah he was being helpful he became really helpful once he was cured but he still was being violent like he would have killed all of them if he could he just was being trapped by uh peter he was being controlled but uh this is fun i even like the the dean like that whole scene and her like yelling at doc Ock at the end was pretty funny uh <laughs> I thought that was like good there was good humor in here as well as like a very serious scene uh and very intense cuz you know what's going to happen and these these villains you know to to uh, steal from Peter Parker they, they don't pull punches like we've had the vulture and the we haven't seen like death yet but like Doc Ock uh Green Goblin they're not afraid to do this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, no totally. Um so we also get like our first look at, at uh, the Green Goblin here. Very brief. Uh, we get the little grenade, um, but uh, this is about when Doctor Strange zaps him back to his uh, what is it? The what does he call it? The underkeep area. Um, but yeah, anyway, his, his little dungeon. Um, and look here. Uh, this is this is my first gripe. Um, and I was talking to friend of the show Alex Brazard about this. And my what I told him after my first viewing was like. You know, I feel like they didn't truly do all the villains justice here. Like, I felt like, it almost felt like they wanted, they, it, it, like, they treated them like idiots. That's what it felt like. And then he was like, oh, I disagree. Like, I felt like they all were acting very natural to, like, how they typically would. I was like, all right, well, I, like, I don't have a good example. So I'm going to go into my second viewing and I'm going to come back. I'm going to crystallize this idea a little bit more. I'm going to give you exact uh, uh, instances in which I felt like uh, this happened. And I felt like this was a big scene uh, here. And it's not necessarily, again, I think the performances were great, um, and, uh, I, I think, uh, Doc Ock behaved exactly how he typically would, but it was more so the reactions of the other characters around these people, and, like, clearly Alfred Molina's, uh, Doc Ock would not know anything about magic, right? Like, that, like, uh, that, that makes sense, but a lot, it was, like, the way they kind of, like, talked to these characters, and that, like, they'd, like, dumb it down and, like, compare it to a birthday party, and, like, like, it almost felt like, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, like, these guys, like these, these are like the smartest men in like all of superhero movies, right? Like these are like, these are like geniuses and it, it felt like they were treating them like idiots a little bit. And um, I, and I feel like the lizard and Electro more so, but we even got some with Doc Ock and that's where it really started to rub me the wrong way. Jesse, am I on a line here with this take?
2: I wonder if it's just a a mashup of styles because there's there's an innate snarkiness to the MCU movies that didn't really exist in the previous Spider-Man movies or X-Men movies or things like that. So so I wonder if seeing uh someone like Doctor Strange react the way to Doctor Octopus who's a very very smart person is is just kind of the way that their Marvel Universe handles things compared to to the other ones. I mean I'll be fair with Electro and the Lizard. I I've only seen the uh Andrew Garfield movies once, so it's hard for me to really comment on how those were being portrayed, um, but I, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I, I I think that some of those characters might have that dismissiveness towards anybody, and that's part of, you know, their, their, their weakness as a character, you know, they, they, all these characters have the weakness deep down, and, and that comes out, and Pride is definitely uh, one of uh, Doctor Strange's.
1: Yeah, Michael, I, I hear your points. Like, I had the same thing. Like, at times, this here, there's the other when they explain their, like, master plans in their world. Like, it feels a little hokey at times, a little, like, cheesy. But I do think it works in the sense that when you think of the movie as a whole, and it kind of ramps up. The first part is kind of, like, still high school y, still kind of, like, fun, right? And you got these villains kind of being fun and good. Like, I get it. You, you Doc Ock, I, I understand. But also remember, too, like, there's something messing with his mind. With most of these characters, like, as you see, like, it's a lot of, uh, like, mental disorder. It's a lot of, like, messing around. So I'm not saying that, that excuse him not, having, not knowing about wizards and stuff. But <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, like you see him having a conversation and he spazzes out at one point. Is like, uh, is like uh, we don't want any more questions. Like, it's like, he is all over the place. As much as he's the most intelligent, he's very intelligent man. But I do think, um,
0: going back to what I was saying,
1: I might have lost it. Dang.
0: Now you're gonna come, come back to me with it, but I guess I guess my point is like I just I have the most reverence for these villains out of any any villain right like uh, I grew up with these I had action figures of these guys and like I feel like um again it is definitely a clashing of styles. It's hard to like bring these characters in and like make them fit in their original uh packaging, for instance but um yeah I don't I, I, it, it, it was almost an impossible task maybe that's the problem. Yeah, I was going to – this is
1: what I remember what I was going to say. It starts off like high school and friendly in this first act, and then I think it almost makes you get lulled into a sense of security so that when what happens in the second and the third act, it almost hits you harder because it's like, these were goofy guys just 10 minutes ago, and look what they're doing now. The massacre that they're doing now, it almost puts you into a sense of like, oh, this is fun. This is just like, look at them. We're excited. Our people are back.
2: And I think some of the best movies can do that. I don't know if either of you have seen Jojo Rabbit – but in the same similar way, that movie starts off like ah, Hitler is like his imaginary best friend. It's kind of goofy, and as the movie goes on and things get serious, so do, so do so does the movie. So I think you're right. You see this in the movie too that it starts off, starts off you know footloose and fancy free and carefree, and as you go on, it gets more and more serious, and you realize that uh, you, you can't be uh, swinging around town uh, without any consequences forever. Yeah. So um,
0: well, let's uh, uh, yes, Tommy. I was gonna the, the real quick the electro fight.
1: I just a I like getting MJ and Ned in here. Like it really feels like this movie was the end to the team. So I'm glad they really focus on the team in this and being like, hey, we do it together. We're smart. Like MJ yelling at Ned. Also, we got Ned getting the or, uh, we got Ned talking about magic. Oh, like my family's magic. That was a cool setup for later on for him. Um, and yeah, I think the electro fight. Like I liked that. I was worried about Sam being a villain, and I think. I'm really going in that was one of my biggest pet peeves because I like Sandman. Out of experiment 3, I know it's a, it's a weird movie, but I really liked how they handled Sandman. And I liked that they kept him as like a hero of so-and-so. At the beginning of this, he doesn't trust Tom by the end and just goes on his own motivation. And I do like that all the villains felt like they had their own motivation for their choices. But I like that he's like protecting Tom and is like, what are we doing? What do we need to do here? And he's like, yeah, get this guy. But then he got scared when he thought he killed uh, Electro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you know, for for a brief moment in the comic books sandman was an avenger so you never know what could happen didn't didn't last very long but it's, it's worth noting
0: yeah take it away michael <laughs> well i i guess i just kind of wanted to stop down and see if like we had any um uh anything else like any any other like highlights from all the villains as as a whole i think green goblin deserves like his own discussion here but uh yeah, was uh, Jesse? Was there uh, like uh, was any character redeemed? Was there any character you liked less?
2: Uh... I, I was a big fan of the tree. Yeah, is that a
0: tree? That much
2: or, <laughs> just a tree. Uh, no, I, I actually want to echo uh, Tommy's thoughts on on Sandman because I, I was again hoping he wasn't just going to pop up and be the villain because the, the way uh, Spider Man three ended, he you know really wasn't a villain. And, um, it, there were some things he did later on in the movie that I don't, I don't think necessarily with that we can talk about that when we get to it. but overall, it it was nice establishing what villains were gonna be in this. um what you know we, we didn't end up seeing the Paul Giamatti's rhino, which I, I, maybe that's better off that way. I don't know you know I don't know what the point of that all was, but 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 it was good setting them all up, getting them all in one place, and then that kind of kicked off the second
0: act yeah um well do we want to have like a green goblin discussion here because I, I think the next scene we get is where we where he comes to visit may at feast and uh this is like this was one of it, it, in the moment watching it i was also kind of like man they're really treating this guy like a fool it makes sense later why his character is like that and i really appreciate it and he's what he's my favorite character in this movie um but uh yeah do we want to talk about green goblin a little bit more Yeah, I think we can go through. I wanted
1: to say about the other ones. I actually didn't mind the Lizard as much. I thought it would – I liked that he had a point, right? Like his thing was like there's going to have consequences. I think his motivation was probably the weakest for me out of the other ones. Um, It's like he was just waiting for everything to fall apart. And I'm like, well, that's – you could have helped, dude. Like (laughs) you're right there. Uh, Sam and I had – like was fine with. But, yeah, I think Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Electro, all of them – killed it electro i thought jimmy fox did a really good job in this role and like really impressed me with his work but green goblin willem Dafoe, no one does it like willem Dafoe. he's so good with those facial reactions um i hear you about like him i think what you gotta remember too is like in spider-man that's kind of how he played norman after norman got the curse he became this weak frail man he was like please just let me go and like the very like almost making fun of himself it's to counter the, the so confident the so um powerful Green Goblin side of him. And I love the homage back to, like, the mask talk. Because, like, that's straight out of the Spider-Man when he's, like, looking in the mirror and the mask is talking to him. And it's, like, I, I loved all this uh before he went over to Feast. I thought that was so good.
2: And it, to me, it was really good to see the Green Goblin and Norman as kind of two separate identities. Because, you know again, not to go back to my dorky comic books, but in the comic books... Norman Osborn has been a villain for so long. You forget that originally, that's what it was. He would be Green Goblin and then kind of forget what happens. And that is one of the problems that he, you know, he's his his best friend's father. And also at that time, Norman was kind of an innocent, you know, not necessarily a great guy. And and I like seeing, it's it's harder to just punch someone in the face when a second later, they can be like crying saying, what are you doing?
1: Why are you hurting me? (laughs) Well, that's the thing you never know when he's going to turn it off and on. And it's so terrifying because it's like, Green Goblin's smart. He sometimes uses that as a a. We saw it in the first movie. He uses that like switch as a a technique to get people to trust him. So you never know when he's fully Norman or fully Green Goblin. Like that's why there's many points here. I'm like, what are you doing, Peter Parker? Like in May, I have issues with all this. I'll let you talk about Green Goblin, Michael, but I have issues with this whole thing of them being so friendly to Green Goblin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. I... And I guess I guess my big question is before I go any further, and I, I want to get your takes on this, Tommy. Um, uh, at what point did he stop being that frail man and when did he start to decide to trick Peter Parker? Right. Because obviously there is a point where he was uh, was it the second Peter got his like spidey sense or was was he like was he faking things long before that? I think it was before the Spidey
1: sense I genuinely believe like all the science stuff was genuine Norm Norman. And I love that we got that mentorship, uh, with Peter, both Doc Ock and, uh, Norman. Cause like, you know, the other ones got those moments or, you know, the- Toby got that moment. He didn't get that moment to have that like Spider-Man villain, uh, mentorship. But, uh, I, I think it was when the Spidey Sense started. That's when Doc Ock or, uh, Norman, uh, lost control and Green Goblin came.
0: Uh, Yeah. And again, I guess my big question was and a lot of my confusion came from like, at what point did he make that switch? But um, uh, again, like it was a lot of like hokey stuff at the beginning. And you're right. uh, Maybe maybe uh, some of the the, the Rami movies have faded on me a bit. But I I think it is uh, very true to his character more so than maybe any of the characters. So, um, yeah, I just he he was so fun in this movie. Uh, I, I was so I was so happy to have him. But, when he's um, in feast stealing donuts
1: in the background of the
0: conversation, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what
1: are you doing, Willem Dafoe?
0: I saw a review that said this movie was humorless. I couldn't believe it. Did they watch the movie? <laughs> it's not <even> <laughs> but
1: yeah, it problems the whole feasting. thing. I get them, they're saying Amazed is good person to to a fault, and like, I guess she doesn't know how bad this villain is. But like, Doc Ock has been telling Peter like this guy you cannot trust. Like he it was dead. It's like, you cannot trust this guy and they it's you can't trust Doc Ock either, but it's like, they're just going to let him like hang out. He's like outside of the, the cage for a while. And then later on, like they're all hanging regardless of this. I have issues with like him. He made a big deal. Of like MJ and Ned not being in the, the pad with the villains but May can hang out. May can be there. Like it made no sense to me, but, uh, small grips. Uh, but yeah, feast. I, I think it's fun to see feast. I really hope we get negative man at some point. I hope that's what it's setting up. Cause I would, I would love that stuff.
0: Yes. Um, so, uh, Tommy, where do we go next? Take me, what, what, what do you want to talk about from here from feast?
1: Uh, I think from there it's, uh, to the whole decision, Dr. Strange coming in with the box, right? That's the next, um, yeah. position here. And I think like, Again, like I at first coming in, I really thought Doctor Strange was going to be villain. I think I've even said like he knows he's pistol in disguise. There's there's a lot, <laughs> there's something else going on with him. But I think he was justified in what he meant. And I also think something we haven't touched on is like the intriguing part that um it, they didn't really explain how the people came over. It was just like, and I like that it's people who knew who Peter Park and Peter Parker was Spider Man. I like that twist. I think it's different than I thought at first it was going to be like it was anyone who died by Peter Parker. And I'm like, I didn't love that as much. Cause I'm like, I don't think that Electro died. I don't, or I don't think that Sandman died. Like it didn't make sense to me. Um, but I liked this version of, of that. And I, I, I don't know. I saw both sides to the argument of get rid of them or tried to, uh, to uh, rehabilitate them.
2: I, I thought it was some all time bad advice from, from May that, that led to all this. Cause you know, theoretically the, the movie should have ended there um, because there's nothing wrong with sending people back to live the you know the life they were meant to live, no matter how it turns out. It's it's not that he's sending them back to die. He goes that's their fate, and that's what they're gonna do. And and in, instead, he listened to May rather than than uh, Stephen Strange. And in this case, I think I, I'm Team Strange. He he, he was right. Here. And I, I don't mean to come off as like anti-Spider-Man in this podcast. I, I I might feel that way, but I but I just think he he made the wrong decision almost every every juncture of, of this movie.
0: Yeah, see, and I'm with you, Jesse. Like, I don't know that I would make all the same decisions that Peter makes, but again, I think it makes sense for his particular character, for better or for worse. Um, and he pays for it in the end. That's uh, so. Peter Parker, though. The, like
1: We'll talk a little bit more at the end, but the Parker look is such a thing. And, like, Tom Holland's movies have really focused in on, like, the Parker look, which is, like, the whole thing is, like, one, like Peter Parker can never have a good life, like it's all like the minute he gets something good, it's like ten bad things happen to him, and it's like sometimes to his own detriment. Like he does it to himself, like. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. Like it's definitely like, don't listen to me here. You had it right. Let them like go back to their face. Like I get, you can have the argument that it's like it's not their fault. It's like these devices mess with their minds. Like you know, like Doc Ock. It's like is it fair to them? But it's like they put themselves in that position. Like you got to put them back at this point because worse things can happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so what's really interesting in this scene is we lead into a doctor strange versus spider-man fight there's there's a lot to talk about here um i guess i guess my first highlight is when uh peter potty uh, peter potty oh lord (laughs) i can't even edit that out that's too good uh peter parker is like kicked out of his body and i guess my read on this moment and he tried to grab the box from the body without like peter's soul in it i guess but uh the fact that his body I guess contains the spidey sense still and he was still able to like get away from him. Uh that's how I read that scene at least. I thought that was kinda cool. It's his animal instinct, yeah. It's like his spidey sense and you should read into that. If you
1: saw there's waves in the air um around his head when he's in this the spirit form or the and and that's uh, you know to me, that's straight out of the comics of like in the comics they they there's no way for them to show you the spidey sense, so they just have these like almost like extra, like these waves of energy coming out of his head. And it's like, oh, a sense I got an alert and I love that. They kind of got that here in this moment.
2: In addition to that, he basically swam back into his own body. Something that we haven't seen. I mean, we've only seen it a few times, but we haven't seen the Hulk or Dr. Strange be able to do that before. So that's, that, that was kind of a cool moment.
0: Yeah. Um, and we also, we also go into, what is it, the mirror realm? Is that uh so uh, this, uh, this is really cool too. This is, probably what I do appreciate about this movie a lot and more so than any of the other movies is we're really exploring like Peter Parker as like a nerd. Right. And uh, like his solution to this whole thing is uh, like uh, breaking the geometry of his world, <laughs> which I thought that was, I thought that was really cool.
1: He solved it with math. Who knew math was, math was greater than science.
2: It's at one time your teacher said your life will depend on algebra, or geometry, and there we, there it goes.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I loved all this. I love this whole mirror fight. The cape we got. We got the what if uh Spider Supreme where he's wearing the cape when when it's uh Dragon across at like that. That was pretty fun. Um and again, like I like that they're like talking this out and they just like it really felt they're they're friends that they just have a very big disagreement on philosophy here. And and they're both trying to get the other person to see their side and why it like it's either way isn't great. Either way is not, you know, great. Peter's is way worse. Like, that's not a good idea, but like, he does have points too. like, if we can help, why isn't that the reason we're superheroes, you know, to make a difference, you know, even if these aren't people from our world, why wouldn't we try? And I I get that too, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, totally with you. Uh, Jesse, do you have anything else in the the mirror realm here?
2: No, the visuals were fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm, actually we're looking forward to see what Sam Raimi can do with that in the Dr. Strange movie. But, uh, you know, again, you know, who, who, knows, uh, Spider-Man didn't know what the, the mirror realm was. He could have just been leaving Dr. Strange there forever for all we know. So, uh, you know, that was glossed over a little bit, but, but again, <laughs> a, a visually fantastic and a really funny scene with, with the geometry and saving it all. And again, it, it's just one of many, many great scenes that make a great movie and, uh, I, I, it's hard. It's gonna be hard to pick favorite scenes because there's just so
1: many of them like these. It might serve uh, Doctor Strange right though. If you remember in uh, Thor Ragnarok when he left uh, Loki uh, falling <laughs> yeah. for what like three minutes, I guess it's a lot longer that uh, Doctor Strange was hanging there. But uh, <laughs> karma, Doctor
0: Strange, karma. I, I also got a good laugh of when uh, Peter comes back and he's like, "I just fought Doctor Strange and I won." <laughs> it's
1: like, His yeah, readable. The Spider Man recaps are so funny when it's like he he takes down a fight. And he's like, I I you know I fought Doctor Strange. I took the box and now I have this ring. And it's just like, oh okay, Peter. Like, <laughs>
0: um. Uh, so I guess I guess from here, um, Peter, uh, he lets loose all these villains. They go to Happy's apartment, and uh, uh, they kind of invent a science to uh, cure them all. Right?
1: Yeah. I this is funny. I mean, again, it's like weird. I. It does make sense for them all to go with him because even if they are going to turn, it's better than where they're at right now. Like, And like they said, it's either stay here with the wizard and die or try to, to do this with them. But it's also like – and we see with Electro a little bit, but it's like someone – like electro it's like he likes the power he doesn't think he needs fixed and so i do like that we get that later on it was weird that they're all like it's not that you're going back to just die. you're going back to like also lose your powers i think it's the part that like i feel like someone weren't aware of at first um i liked i don't know if this was really an easter egg or not but i took it at that like immediately is like when they come in i think doc hawk is the one that says it but he says a line that's basically like what we think this child is gonna like fix us with uh with this uh, billionaire scraps in an apartment or something. It really reminded me of the the Tony Stark, like Iron Man, like Tony Stark did it in a cave with a box of scraps. The way he read it was, I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference, but I felt it.
2: And and during that scene, we also got, you alluded to it earlier too, the, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. And it's something I feel like everybody should get, but I'm sure there are a lot of people just went right over their head, but I just sat there and chuckled to myself when he said that.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, I I love all that. Uh, whenever they we had a lot of that stuff in like the the into the Spider Verse movie, especially like with the postcard scene where they're like pointing. I like when they like nod to memes. Like uh, like it shouldn't it shouldn't work as well as it does, but it just does for me. <laughs> so we
1: well, uh, even we even get like there's like small things. in like we get May and Doc Ock conversation. People are like there's a lot of flirtation, and that's like a thing in the comics. Doc Ock and May do date each other at some point. So like you know small things like that we get like multiple times doc Ock brings up his line of like the sun in the palm of my hands like yeah. i i love that stuff i'll eat that up the nostalgia will always win me over in movies
0: yeah and I, actually speaking of may and doc Ock, there was another scene in here where again it's like um doc Ock is being completely genuine and then like someone else treats him like uh, a weirdo and May like trying to like give him salt water. I'm just like, I'm like, leave the guy alone. This is like, he's like the coolest guy ever. And you're like trying to give him salt water because you think he's an octopus. Give me a well, Listen, they've met, they've
1: seen creatures like Thanos. You don't know. Maybe he is an actual octopus. You know, he she was just trying to minor manners and hopefully, you know, maybe maybe she was right and he does drink salt water.
2: But let's also not forget though that you uh, know we're gonna go full nerd. Uh, if you try to. Trying to cure dr octopus the second he's back to being normal he's got to deal with the fact that his wife is dead in, in the world of spider-man 2 his wife died like a week ago and he hasn't had to deal with that yet so you know the, there's even when when you're not being driven crazy by a chip in your head they you still have a lot of pain that keeps him moving forward on different things
1: yeah i have a question for you guys here uh this this we see him he has the fabricator right uh is this the thing that happy took Remember in the beginning, they're talking about their Stark industries, and and that's, you know, just putting a pin in that now of, like, Armor Wars, there's this Stark Wars is in deep, or Stark Wars, Stark, uh, we're not in trouble, but Stark uh, Enterprises seems like they <laughs> are in trouble, you know? There, there's, uh the government's getting involved with their stuff. uh Is this the missing stuff, or do we think there's going to be more with it? uh
0: Jesse might be a better one to answer this as far as the comic books go, but I would have to imagine there's more. I
2: mean... There'll be more whenever it fits a the storyline they have. I mean, it it's one of the odd things that I've seen, and of course, you know, she just probably doesn't want to be the movies member, but man, is Pepper Potts really just a bad head of, of Stark now? All these people need her help in all these TV shows and movies, and they're never around to do anything and you gotta rely on Happy, which you know, Happy's better than nothing, but uh, it would be nice to have the owner of all of the Stark tech to to and, and money to bail you out, whether you're the Falcon or whether you're Spider Man.
0: She sold his tower. <laughs> yeah, be-
1: be- Probably but to a criminal. she's too busy wor- working with uh at a company named goop i guess or something right? Isn't that <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> but yeah the tower we I mean, will say too like osborne confirmed that oscorp doesn't exist so the theory that like potentially stark towers could be oscorp seems like it's out there's only a few more buildings that it possibly could be i have my finger on one that i think it's going to become but uh uh yeah i i think that's an interesting
0: note as well um well let's talk about when things start to turn we talked about like uh the moment in which peter gets a spidey sense he he comes after green goblin and this is like when william defoe like really like ramps up his acting here so much fun he's so much fun in all this but uh they all make the turn uh here and uh well no, no, not doc, doc, dr dr octopus they, they throw him out the window but uh electro yeah. and lizard and all them this is this is when uh, shit starts hitting the fan a little bit.
1: Man, this was
0: intense, right? Like
1: we have like the the music gets like intense. There's like a piercing sound, and it's like a good like minute or two of like he's just walking through, and he doesn't know what it is yet. And like I was feeling like very stressed out for him, and like this was this was fun, like Green Goblin going full Green Goblin and just like just mocking him, and like the the no sincerity in his voice, just the the. Uh, it, it was, and he was speaking some truth. Like, like if you are into power, like Electro, it's like he was right. You are like super powered. Why are we just giving this up? And uh, you see, Electro go. Sandman's just gonna do his thing because he's like, this is not worth it. Lizard basically is like, I told you so. <laughs> I knew it all along. And uh, Doc Ock, man, I'm glad we got like not. You know, uh, malfunctioning Doc Ock for a second too, because it's like he's so kind. Like, the switch of Alfred being so angry into this very kind Doc Ock was so nice before this very sad moment.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's funny. This is the one that didn't. Well, part of it didn't ring true to me because you see, when Electro's thinking about ripping this thing off his body, Sandman is like, "Just, just do it. Like, just calm down." And then when when everything goes to hell and and Electro takes off. Sandman taking off too for whatever reason didn't didn't ring true to me. I think he would have st- stayed there and and tried to get fixed by Peter. You know maybe maybe obviously I was wrong. because It didn't
1: happen. But, but I, he didn't want to get the way- fixed. He he didn't want to get fixed. He thought that he just wanted to get home right. And at yeah. that point, he needed to find another way to get this box back because like the plan fell through, right? And no, they weren't getting fixed. So he just needed to figure out another way to get home. And he didn't want to get involved in this fight. He's a very selfish the thing about Simon is he's very selfish. It's it's all for him. And he didn't care about getting fixed. He didn't think he needed to get fixed. I don't think, you know, from my understanding, he he does eventually, but I, I don't think he, he wasn't, it didn't mess with him. Like the other ones had messed with, with their, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a lot worse for them. Like he, he didn't die like the other ones did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, But we did, uh, like, a lot of the, like, you kind of forget, like, or I did at least, how much of a beast Green Goblin is. He's, like, throwing him through, like, the cement floors. Um, One of the coolest, like, shots in this entire movie for me is when Peter Parker is, like, punching him in the face. And, like, he his face always just comes back with a smile. Like, that's, like, the most, like, that's, like, the creepiest thing I've seen in a while and it's so green goblin like
1: that's like i said like almost like he gets a second to do a facial thing before a punch and like the yeah like throwing spider-man over him like it was great and i i saw a, a video from willem defoe that like he wasn't going to do the movie unless he and he's like 60 something he wasn't unless he was able to do his own stunts now do i think they use a stunt, a stunt person for a lot like they let him try it and then they use the stunt person for a lot of these Yes, but from what he's saying, like, he did do his own stunts, which, like, kudos to you, and Defoe. That's impressive. That's, like, fully true. Um, but this was incredible. I love this whole battle scene. We do get, like, a quick lizard coming through. Like, like, Spider-Man's getting away for a second, and he's like, hey, you were wrong, and throws him back into Green Goblin, which is, like, it reminds me of the PlayStation uh, video game, Michael. It's like, you know those scenes where it's, like, the duo battles, and you get, like, Scorpion throwing you into, like, Rhino? or like <laughs> It felt like that kind of moment between these two villains, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Well,
2: these scenes also really highlighted the caliber of actors, like, like you mentioned with, with these villains, like how many of these people are Oscar winners or Oscar nominated or Emmy nominated. It, it, it's really crazy. Cause you see them playing, Oh, I'm playing a guy with tentacles attached to me and I'm playing a guy who's crazy who thinks he's a goblin, but these are all people who've been, nominated. mean, Jamie Foxx, won, you know, best, best actor. It, it, it's really wild when you think back to when the time that it was almost you, like when Iron, when, when Robert Andrews became Iron Man, it's cause you know, he kind of had nothing else left going on. And now you have these Academy award winners wanting to be in these movies. It's, it's, it's really fantastic.
0: Yeah. It's funny how things have changed so much. Uh, like I, I think they could get anybody they want to be in a Marvel movie at this point. Like uh, I, there might be like three actors that are like against it. completely. Martin Scorsese up. will never be in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to direct one one day. Just wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, so we kind of danced around it thus far, but it's time to talk about the death of Aunt May. Oh my God, F2. listen, from this point on, I was like an emotional wreck throughout this entire, like this, this is tough. Like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever been, I don't think I've cried this much in a Marvel movie. Uh, Did you see I it didn't. coming? No. Yeah. Am I, I up for this? I thought happy. I thought we were going to lose Happy
1: in this movie. I did not think we were going to lose May, but it makes it makes total sense, especially when you get the other Spider-Mans of like, I love the idea that there's these fixed points. Like, it's different, right? This isn't Uncle Ben dying for him, but it's like we have these, the, that line has to come. And a death has to come after. It. It's just how it is. And like having an MJ or a Green Gwen, like it's like a, a, every version has that. So I love that we get this moment. I love the line read. I love that May's the first one that gets it, Gets to say it. The you know she said it a little differently. I actually think she says the way it's originally written in the comics. I believe uh, is how May says it. But the the great with great power comes great responsibility. I love the whole. Green Goblin fight of this I I love everything about it Green Goblin just being like listen she's your fault like almost trying to mentor Green Goblin also is trying to mentor Peter but in a more twisted way that isn't correct of like listen you shouldn't have done this and it's all because of her that this happened and so I'm helping you by killing her and then we have like the most beautiful acting I've ever seen of like Tom Holland's tactics here like in you know act, not to mansplain acting but it's like it's always talked about Is like you can read a line but it's like in between lines they'll use different like emotions in between the the change from uh tom holland where he thinks may's okay and they're like talking and they're like kind of like like chirpy they're like hey you okay just took a little fall cool 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 and then when he sees that blood it's like a it's like on a dime he switches and it's just the panic the rug. It's it's so good that emotion he was showing You
2: know, R.I.P. Hot Op May. I'll I'll miss her. And The the second that the the glider hit her, I knew she was done because that's how, you know, back in in the day, it's how the Green Goblin initially was killed. And I guess in the comic books, in the movie as well. Um, My question when watching this, so is there no Uncle Ben in the MCU? Because, yeah, I I know that in in the last movie, uh, Far From Home, he was using a luggage that had Ben's uh, initials on it. But when everybody else is talking, you know, again, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But whenever Uncle Ben is brought up by other characters, he doesn't kind of seem to blink. And and this has been a role, though, with great power comes great responsibility. That has always, always, always been Uncle Ben. I, is he around? Or is, is Aunt May like a single, you know, single aunt
1: in in this universe? He died. He he died. They talk about it in Civil War a little bit, just like a real brief line of like he's like, yeah, my. My uncle died and like, that's what got, he got bit by a spider before, I think. But like him dying spurred him to be a superhero. We don't know if he got the, we don't know if like, there's talk of like, maybe he said the line then and Aunt May was almost like reiterating it for him. of Like, like hey, you know what your uncle said Remi- remember that for now. I don't know, but the, Uncle Ben was mentioned before as dying. So I think it's more so the reason when they're having that whole conversation, he, Aunt May is his Uncle Ben. It's like, I don't think Uncle Ben died in like a, it was ta- It was Tom. Ta- it was uh, Peter Parker's fault in that way. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. it's a little uh, different, but I, I, I can get that. It's like, I can get why you want it to be uncle Ben. I just think they've set Amy up so well for this. And like, even when she goes, she still has the, like, what I loved the second time I caught this was like, she says, uh, it's just what we do. And then that comes up later with Toby reiterating that later. Of like, Hey, we're the Spider-Man. We make sacrifices. It's what we do. Like, I love that. It, it, it was a good coming around for that. And like, even on a deathbed, they, she thinks they made the right decision. You know, even though we may disagree, Aunt May <laughs> thinks they did. <laughs>
2: and I think it's funny, too. I don't know why this abuses me so. But, you know, I know you can say it either way. I've always been more of an aunt person versus an aunt person. But in these movies, it's always Aunt May and never Aunt May. And I, I wonder if that's there's a reason behind that or if it's just how they roll. I'm an aunt.
0: I'm an aunt. aunt Are you? Uh, maybe it's because <laughs> I grew up with uh, Bugs Life and ants. I don't
1: know. But... Um, <laughs> Maybe that's what it will be when uh the scroll version shows up. She'll be Aunt May. And- <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
0: Um but yeah, no, and I also like that this was almost like a parallel to when uh uh Tom was being dusted, right? And and Tony kind of having like a very similar reaction to losing uh to losing Peter Parker in that moment, too. I really appreciate that. And I, I actually think that Tom nailed the scene more than than uh than iron man did but uh again like him like pleading with like his dead and like like come on wake up i'm like just oh smile my god for me. yeah
1: she, he's like smile or blinker oh it's so good and you have happy flying in and he just sees it and he knows and, and then you've got stupid damage they're the worst damage control you're firing on a 17 year old you're firing <laughs> on a child i get it he's spider-man but you like they're just start shooting at him uh oh, it's so it's so hard but he doesn't even get a minute to more he doesn't even get any time to mourn because they're in and he has to jump out of there and like all of this so the next couple scenes it's just like very silent you see ned you see ned's apartment that we'll see or the house that we see a lot more later on but uh he's grieving mj's grieving and and like jumping a little head but because we'll go back but like when they hug him on that high school which i love that his like we'll get to that too but like the places hit the high school you know all the other spider-mans have the empire state building the Chrysler, but his is <laughs> His is the high school. That's like, he's our run of the litter Spider-Man, but he's got such a big heart and he's this he's the little guy. And I love that from him. And, and I love when they just hug him in silent. They don't even have to say anything. They're just there for their bud. I, it felt like the emotions from everyone was really good around May's death.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's move on to uh, a very important scene here. This is when we are introduced to our, our other Spider-Man. And actually, I, I originally thought we were going to get this scene when Peter Parker originally was experiencing his little Spidey sense in, in the apartment. I thought that's, I was like, oh my God, they're going to show up and like fight the villains at this point. But uh, no, we get, him, we get him here. It's kind of a, it's it's a fun way. Uh, we get Ned and his magic. Yeah, um, we got actually, magic. Ned well, does magic, Michael. Yeah, let's stop down here before we get to the Spider-Man. Tommy and Jesse, please, I'm not a big comic book guy. I need you guys to explain this to me. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Ned here. Um, and, like, we get, like, glimpses of, like, maybe he's making a costume. We get, like, him, like, hinting at... He's saying that he has magic before he even gets the ring, so... What's going on here? Explain this to me in the audience.
1: (laughs) I agree, Michael. They're setting something up, right? You even like it was weird, right? We see uh when I talk about that like emotion reaction, they're like panning through his house. We see the the sewing machine with the costume. We also see a bunch of knives on the wall. Like what's happening with this family? There's something going on there. I definitely think he's gonna be trained in magic. I think he'll he'll like they have to at this point. Because he he was pretty advanced. Listen, it took Doctor Strange a while to get those portals and then it was uh he can't close them, but he was able to open them pretty quickly. Uh, I, I think we're not seeing the end as much as, like, I do think we're going to take a break on Ned and MJ for a bit. Like I said, I think the team's broken up. I think there's going to be more with Ned. But, yeah, comic-wise, it's really the Hobgoblin thing that that I think uh, is the big thing for Ned.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what if anything, goes uh, forward with this. Because the Ned you see in the movies really isn't comparable to the Ned you see in comic books. Uh, they're really two different characters. I mean, I mean the Ned in comic books he kind of becomes the the hobgoblin, but then it may not really be him. And then he ends up getting unceremoniously killed in a one-shot Wolverine versus Wolverine and and Spider-Man where he gets his his throat slays it's weird so they really can take this character any direction they want to bring him in um i'm not really a fan of this comic but i I know some people are bringing up like strange academy which is a comic book out right now where they where they bring in young people i don't know if that's the direction they want to take him in but uh i'm interested to see you know what if anything to do with this character because i kind of can't plot out exactly what they're going to do with him and his magic use
1: yeah, he was always to me like I thought they would go more the route with like Miles Morales' friend because that's kind of how they yeah, described yeah. him as when they first brought him in at Homecoming. So it is interesting. Like I feel like there's got to be something. We got a whole. There wasn't much time in this movie, and, and we got a whole scene about the best friend killing the the hero. Like there, there's got to be more going
0: on there, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so the the next scene we get here is I think this is like. Really incredible shot of Peter standing on top of a building and looking at the scene of JJJ and his voiceover talking about how Peter Parker ruins everything, which uh, is not wrong again,
1: man. But (laughs) it's also like he's another one that did so good in this role. Like he spins, he spins and spins and spins. Like yeah, but he's pointing it in like all the negative things and like not seeing, not blaming the villains, but he blames Spider Man, which is such. Why JJJ is in so much of the comics? It's like. Anything he's anything you say, he'll just take a diff- whatever way he wants to take it this is how he'll take it. He's one of those guys that is constantly like arguing with you and being like, Nope, this is it. I don't I you know, he'd probably be like uh like an anti-vaxxer, I feel like <laughs> he'd be well, like, Nope, well, you can't you can't uh tell me anything different.
2: Well it, it's interesting because uh, one of the reasons you learn the comic books, I mean J Jonah Jameson can be written in two different ways. It's like a big loud blowhard or actually a character who has some you know something behind himself. And you learn that as a kid he came upon Uh, Ku Klux Klan meeting and saw that. And that's one of the reasons why he's so anti people who wear masks because he saw that hatred. So it's, you don't really see that in the, in the the movies at all. And to be fair, you know, he's not really given enough of a role in any of these movies to do that. But, but I think it's interesting to see, you know, if he comes back in the future movies, because I said earlier, they made him into Alex Jones. He's selling supplements, you know, when he's not doing stuff and, and, you know, he's hounding down people. And I I was really joking before when I said JJJ was right. Um, But, you know, I, one of the best things about the Marvel universe here with these movies that they can take characters that are sometimes one note in a couple movies, give them a TV show and suddenly they're, they're fleshed out or you know a lot more of them. So I, I would love to see more of him in the, the TV shows, or the movie, just have him be a background, you know, n- not necessarily of the Nick Fury level, but he can be a through line between all these movies and TV shows, just as the, the person in the background spouting off whatever he may be spouting off at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, so we've danced around long enough. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the introduction of the Spider-Man. And uh, again, a big uh, audience reaction here. I'm sure you guys experienced the same. Uh, everybody was coming, but it was just like, this is so cool. Um, but I also at the same time I was like, the eh, couldn't there like I, this is not how I pictured them being introduced. Um, could they have I, done this better? <laughs> I I hear you. I I love that like
1: they let Tom Holland Spiderman like grieve he he's out and also give like mj and ned a, a thing to do that's not with peter like that around like they're doing their own thing um i, I also like that their roles weren't just cameos they easily could just come in for the end fight and leave and it would have been a quick you know thing but i love that they actually had arcs and like in their own right like they learn stuff like i think andrew garfield goes through a growth in this uh little little bit on screen and i i think I like the opening because it is like they open the portal. You get like the alleyway, which like, Oh, you know, makes me feel a lot of things about some comics and alleyways, you know, uh, giving up the suit that definitely like jumped up on me. And and we talk about like Andrew Garfield was in a very dark place. He doesn't hold his punches anymore. So I don't think that's not done on purpose. I also think what's interesting here. We get, uh, it's kind of a fan theory I've been seeing, but I I honestly think it's true. Um, Is like, we see uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man in the Spider-Man suit. And we see Tobey Maguire's, in just normal clothes, and like people are like, that's because Andrew Garfield was always said to be the best, like, he was the better Spider Man out of Toby and Pete and uh Toby and Andrew, but uh, Toby was always the better Peter Parker, and so the theory is that's why they got introduced that way. And I think that's cool if that's true.
2: It, it was interesting as as my theater at least saw this that when you first saw Andrew Garfield, there were kind of cheers, but it was a little subdued, more of the way that. We knew this was going to happen, but now we really know it's happening. You know, we, we, we know for a fact it's happening. And then when Toby showed up, it was like, all right, it is completely on now and everybody just lost their mind. Um, And it's one of those things, again, we we all knew it was going to happen, but, difference between knowing it's going to happen and seeing it actually happen are two different things. And just, just knowing it was, gonna, it, it's kind of like when you saw the Avengers come together at the end of Endgame. You knew it was inevitable when you actually watched it on screen. You're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And, and just the way they were introduced, I, I actually really liked it. The fact that uh, the confusion, I, I mean, I, I'm interested to know how. I look different because I'm in a different world, but everything else is the same. Like I don't know how that happens, but but it's funny just the confusion behind that and then them them seeing the similarities between themselves and some of the some of the you know the next 30 minutes we get such great interplay between all of them. I mean this is the move this, this is the point of the movie for me when it went from being like a really good movie to a great movie and, and really hit every moment because I I if, if say we were all, we had all been speculating that these Spider-Man were going to be showing up and then they didn't the movie could have been great and we all would have been super let down and we would have come out of there with a negative feeling. So the fact that uh, I, I, that was always in the back of my, of my head, like, oh, it's not going to happen, but it might. And the fact that I knew for a fact when they showed up that, nope, it's going exactly where I wanted it to go. And the, it may be predictable, but that's a, that's a good thing in this situation. Uh, I just made it uh fantastic. And, and the, from that scene on uh, it was just a thrill ride, thrill ride.
1: Yeah. You know, my theater, I, I went to the Chinese theater to see it and, and they were, literally the lights went down and they were clapping like at the beginning of the movie like everything they could clap at they did <laughs> so like andrew they we were just hyped Toby come down out and everyone's hyped like it was it was it was fun like, like you guys talk about live experiences like i know we're still in tough times and it's just like but you get those moments where it's like man it's cool to all be here and like be enjoying this thing uh but yeah i i I love this whole scene. We're, we've also we need to really talk about Michael. Uh, probably maybe the, the 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 best side character of, of the whole thing. Introduction, uh, Lolo and his grandmash. <laughs> I had
0: a feeling you were gonna be all about. Uh...
1: <laughs> she was great. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, she was uh, like getting the cobwebs down. That was funny. Um, but I, I guess I guess for my this whole thing for me, uh, the thing that really. Because Tommy, I said in our cameo draft, which by the way, congrats. We'll get into that a little later on. You are the first winner of the cameo draft. Bri-
1: uh, Riz uh, would like to counter it though. I will get. We'll get into that when it comes. But oh Briz would like to counter uh, that he should be the winner.
0: All right. I will be interested to see how that happens. Okay. Good luck, Briz. Uh But no, um, because I said I said there. I thought that this. I thought the Spider man were going to be a massive part part of this movie. I thought we'd get him in the first twenty minutes. Well, at what point did they come in? Like this was like at least halfway through, right? Uh, hour twenty, we get we get the Spider Man, uh, and uh, yeah. So I guess at this point, I was like, uh, like the plot was really ramping up. Aunt May dies. He's gonna go get revenge on the on the villains. And I'm sitting here like, maybe we're not getting the Spider Man. Like the the entire plot is completely developed at this point, and uh, like so. I guess for me, like it was more like. Uh, there was still a part of me. I was like, this might not happen. So the fact that it did was really cool, but uh, yeah, so much fun. And again, like, uh, like it was, to me, it was a little anticlimactic the way it came in, but once they were there, it was a lot of fun. The joking and the banter going on was fun. When Toby and Andrew see each other for the first time. And like, uh, I guess Toby is like, at this point, he's like wanting to sense whether he's looking at an imposter or not. That was my read on it. uh, When they start shooting webs at each other. Um, So I thought this was all so much fun, but um, yeah and then uh i guess i guess we can go into when they they go meet tom and this is like again like another wave of emotions for me so um. yeah and i think that's what it was right
1: like it's like yeah they're a little it's like mj and ned called in for help and they're like these like big brothers that come in and they're like we get the like like they said they're on the the high school and we get them up on the the little water tower thing which like does the school have like is what was it like you know do schools have water towers is that a thing uh, good, 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 good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's just, like, it, it's just fun here in, in that moment, and, and, like, we get their stories. And I think this is, for me, why I appreciate them coming this early in, like, in the sense that, like, we get their arcs, you know? Like I said, Andrew Garfield, I, I'll say this now. I think Andrew Garfield is the highlight for me. Willem Dafoe is up there as Green Goblin, but I think Andrew really put his – out of all of them, he put his heart and soul in this movie. And they, he wasn't afraid to make fun of himself. You know, there's plenty of jokes of him being the, the number three Spider-Man and all that <laughs> stuff. But he, the whole thing was like, he's not pulling his punches. That's straight out of the comics. Like Spider-Man has to hold back. He's so strong. And like, he doesn't want to kill his villain, So he does hold, pull his punches. And, and the fact that we see later on, like there's a moment where Tom Holland does not pull his punch, you know? And uh, I think we, that's fun to see from Andrew. Is like, he's the dark one. We got Toby. Who's like, this could be your future too. You could go down two paths here. You could go down the Andrew Garfield dark path and you go down Toby's where, you know, it's going to be complicated for you. You will eventually end up with MJ. Like that's, that was my journey. You know, it's a complicated path, but it works out the way it's supposed to work out. And I love the two of them. Toby's always that more gentle, uh, more compassionate, Peter Parker, Uh, Andrew, the more fiery one. And you got Tom kind of the combo of the both of them. I, I loved seeing the three of them interact. And I think like, getting those and getting that moment of them. But Toby finishing the great, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. That was fun.
2: I, I'm just really happy that Andrew Garfield can kind of calm down now. I mean, Toby hasn't been around doing much, but Andrew Garfield has been on the press circuit for Tick, Tick, Boom, which by the way is a fantastic movie. And every time they interviewed him, they're like, so are you are going to be in Spider-Man? He's like, no, but I hope it's good. And I feel so bad for the guy. He had constantly, what a great actor. He said no, and it was convincing, even though I was going to say, do, his
1: his best acting was in the interviews. So like
2: was- yeah, um, but I, I, I'm with you. I and I mentioned earlier, I'm not really a fan of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, but he was the highlight of the Spider-Man. I mean, I, I I'll always love Toby because he was he was my first, but uh, Andrew just the way he came through with his acting and his story arc as a whole was fantastic, and I think it was a great coda to his movies because he you know, he kind of got screwed. He became a Spider-Man when you really didn't need more Spider-Man movies quite yet. Um, and his his movies didn't get the the fanfare of the original or the, or the these current trilogy. And and I think, you know, looking back, it's almost like he can he can get a sense of finality with all of this and ended on on his own terms, you know, as as an actor and as in and as the character itself. So I am really glad we got, got got him in this movie.
0: Well, yeah, and I actually um just a little background here on my opinions on Andrew Garfield. There was a point where I hated this man. I didn't like to look at his face. I didn't like the roles he was doing. Um, But listen, and and Jesse, you actually, you spoiled my recommendation at the end here. Um, Between Tick, Tick, Boom. um, And I actually will shift mine to another movie that he's in. I'll recommend that later. But um, Andrew Garfield is, I think, uh, unquestionably, the best actor of the three Spider Men. I love this man so much now, and it's funny how much I've come around on Andrew Garfield, especially in this movie. Um, I, I, I loved everything he had to offer, so I am on board. Uh, I am a Garfield stan, so uh, <laughs> proudly. Uh, but uh, so yes, we we get uh, a lot of a lot of conversation here. A lot of this is setting up, like some of the stuff that comes later. Obviously, we get Andrew talking about Gwen. We get Toby talking about Ben and, uh, kind of like, uh, a lot of banter here, uh, emotional banter that is. And, um, but yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, what they come up with is, is they're gonna, they're gonna go forth with the mission and they're gonna fix the villains.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll say here, I, the first time I watched this, I had a big problem with Tom Holland wanting to kill, um green goblin still at the end because i felt like between may dying and may telling him that like no they're doing the right thing and then toby coming in and be like no you're doing the right thing like if you're, you're gonna grieve i felt like he should and they didn't show me enough in the first watch that that it was justified for him to still be angry when like it seemed like he got those speeches that should should at least calm me down a little but then i realized i watched this and like in the science scene where they're divvying everything up he never says they're careful of like he never says they're going to cure green goblin he passes that off he doesn't say a word about green goblin it's like those things made it feel better because you could tell that he was just placating them in his mind that was his goal and uh he was just he's like yeah we got to get the other ones fixed but he in his eyes he was going to kill green goblin and that made me feel appreciated a little bit more
0: yeah. Um, it's, it's complicated stuff here. Um, like, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had a luckily knock on wood. I've never experienced a loss in the way that he has lost Aunt May. Like that's like his person. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I just, I, you're right from like the perspective of the story. It's hard to picture, but, uh, from the perspective of as a person, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. That would be really tough. So, um, but uh, yeah, we get like we get this next scene, which is like they're in the they're, they go again. Once again, we're exper- we're exploring uh, Peter Parker as like a, uh, an actual scientist. And uh, again, a lot of the a lot of like the uh, I guess contraptions. I don't know They're, like you can't really explain anything here that makes sense. But you know, they're making potions and uh, electricity zappers and all that good stuff. So.
2: It it was a little too easy for my taste. Right? You know, I wasn't going to question it, but it's like, oh, you know, technology is advanced. So now we're just going to get together and cure all these people. But you know, it, it's the MacGuffin we needed to get to the end, and you know, I was fine with it. it you know, sometimes doesn't have to make sense if it's leading to an enjoyable movie.
1: Well, they had the, the the beginnings of the foundation from the fabricator, right? Like the, the things got damaged by Green Goblin's actions, but they had like the, the original concepts from the the brilliance of Norman Osborn and Doc Ock. So that was the thing that helped me because I agree with you, Jesse. I was like, all right, science, we're in a high school. We're going to just <laughs> do all this stuff. But I, I, I hope that, that that's kind of where I took it from. But I loved all this seeing the three of them again interact with each other Um being sciencey, like you've talked about, this was very much showing the the geek side of Peter Parker, showing that smart, like he is intelligent. And uh, now we got three of them being intelligent. And all these like back forth quips, we get like a lot of moments here, a lot of comic book moments, a lot of the, like we we get uh, them talking about, like I said I, earlier, like Harry Osborn and Ned getting super like, uh, <laughs> I won't kill you, buddy. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, we also get like the finger point. We get the three Spider-Man, which I'll admit was a little cheesy for me. That's the one point where I feel like they shoehorned something in because it's like, Ned didn't need to call over just Peter. He needed all of them. They all ended up coming over anyways, looking at the computer screen. So he didn't need it to be like, uh, yeah, it's just you, that Peter. Like, it was still fun though.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess I didn't even put that together as being like a reference to the meme as much as like, uh, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself uh, because I felt like it was separated enough and also just really fine. There's a screen grab where it's like, exactly like they're literally pointing <laughs> at each other the
1: exact way they are in the, the meme. Well,
2: so I missed that the first go around too. And some people have pointed it out to me. I, I saw it as w- later on when they're trying to figure out who Spider-Man one, who's Spider-Man two. And they're again, kind of pointing at each other in the circle. It kind of came in to come back there as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good points there. Um, But yeah, they get, they get all their stuff together. There's uh, some conversations here. I don't know if there's anything you guys want to really harp on much more. Um, I think there's one that comes more of like we can flip to where they're talking again. Like, it's like we get
1: all this and then they talk again on the, the top of the state building yeah. after all that. So I think we can talk about a
0: couple of things there instead. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let's go to the uh, the statue of uh, Captain America. I don't know. like. It <laughs> yeah. feels a little weird here. Like we get a we get a. Uh, they they talk about it briefly an Hawkeye, The up, the updated statue of Liberty. I don't like. Is that disrespectful to the French who gave this? It's like, is it okay to like modify a gift? I don't know. Well,
2: well, there's a one of the I don't know nicknames for Captain America is the Sentinel of Liberty. So maybe that's what they're they're calling it that
1: instead.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's
1: don't worry, Michael. It's gone by the end of the movie anyway, so you don't have to worry yeah. about them defacing the statue. Well, I love that too. Uh, jumping, I love the, some of the like hot headlines of of J J Jameson stuff, and one of them was does does Spider Man hate national monuments? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> And it's, like, even here, because, like, yeah, we see Peter Parker. He calls into J. Jameson's show, and I love the band. Like, it's, like, Spider-Man's ignoring him, but he just keeps answering with little quips, like, oh, I bet you do, like, on this phone call. <laughs> but he even says, he's, like, oh, another monument you're going to destroy. <laughs> like, I,
2: I just want to see the, the construction worker come on Monday morning and be like, well, we're almost done with this. And then, like, oh,
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> they're right there. They're right there. It's so bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a good point. He was uh, like, uh, he had a message and he was not letting JJJ deter him from that message. Um, but yeah, he, he makes a call to the villains. He's summoning them. He wants them to come. So um, this also leads us into some more funny discussions. My personal favorite comedic moment of the entire movie is the backcracking scene, which, again, like I've always said, like, even even still now, I would love a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire. And one of the things I think is so exciting about it is getting, like, the older perspective of Spider-Man. And uh, we get some of that here. There's a lot of comedy involved with that, which I appreciate.
1: Well, it's, like, triple-edged, too, because it's, like... It's like just the fact that he's old and his back is cracking. Then, like that's in Spider-Man, I think it's three where he has or it's two where it's like he loses. He gets his web block, which they talk about in here, and he's like swinging for a second, and he's like, "I'm back, I'm back," and then he falls, and he's like, "My back." <laughs> and to me, that was, like, a reference to that, too. And also the fact that, like, Tobey Maguire notoriously, I guess, had really bad back issues during the, the filmings experiment. Like, it's, like, a notorious thing with him of, like, he has, like, really bad back issues. And I felt like all that en- encompassing in here was just very funny to me. I, mine was the... I love the fact that they didn't just, like yada yada the fact that toby mcguire shoots spider webs out of his body like i love that like they bring it up in the high school and then again they're like i really do have to know like what is i'm just i'm just, I'm not even making fun of you i'm just very i want to know how this works
2: <laughs> well i'm i'm all for marvel taking a page out of the dc uh playbook and you can have, you know, DC can have a Joaquin Phoenix Joker and a Jared Leto Joker. We just figure out that they're d- different universes. So wh- yeah, why not have an older Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, and we realize that's in its own separate universe. I mean, they're doing that already with with the Venom movies. You know, like, get us good content. And we're smart to be able to figure out what belongs to the Marvel unit. I mean, how, you, want, you want to keep the uh, Reddit threads going. Just put them out there, and then people can figure it out for themselves and, and come up with their own theories and YouTube videos. And I'll, I'll be there to see the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone and their mothers uh, has seen this or will see this. So uh, if this does not set the record straight on who's who, then I, I <laughs> maybe you shouldn't watch any movies at all. I don't know. So yeah. uh, we can do it. We can pull it off. The other combo I loved
1: here was uh, – when they're talking about their great like what villains what's the the craziest villain and they're all going through uh tom holland's like you know i i fought an alien in space and i, I didn't need to double down on this you you went to space like it's just it was so it felt like these brothers just like you know they say i think andrew Garfield's is the one who's the sentimental one multiple times but it's like it's so great having brothers like that's how it felt <laughs> with them and like then we have andrew Garfield be like man you got you guys are so cool like I just bought, like, a Russian guy in a rhino costume. Like, it's so good how he's just, like, that, the whole, like, being, like, Spider-Man number two or three. And then there's a point where Electro's even, like, you're not the shit anymore. And he's just, in costume, his head just goes. And it's just so good. His head just drops. And it's, like, just the fact that, like, Andrew is so defeated and they played that into his story arc. They didn't just, like, ignore the fact that he was, like, the Spider-Man that everyone's, like, do we need him? and they really played it into the character's like motivation in like a meta way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really do appreciate all this. And again, Andrew Garfield's a gem and he might be the worst Spider-Man, but he's the best actor of the three. And I will not take any other debates here. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So uh, our villains start to show up here. um, And this is, uh, I, I mean, there's so much to discuss here. We get, we get more like scenes of them talking alone uh a lot of uh so so much cool stuff i mean just like this is like uh my childhood dream at this point um just uh i don't even i don't even know where to begin with all this uh take it away somebody
1: uh,
0: i think for me it's like first of all i i
1: will say another fault in peter's plan you could have tried to get them all like individually like you're really gonna if all five showed up at once they would have been toast um, but I, I think Electro was really fun here. He, t- we didn't talk about it, but he took the arc reactor, which is fascinating, changes his, his coloring to yellow, uh, more and, and we get like the iconic Electro I love that they keep, keep playing homages to costumes and we get like Electro's, uh, uh, star mm-hmm. face costume with the electricity here. Um, i think there's a lot of really cool conversations it was cool getting like toby with sandman and getting uh, uh andrew Garfield with both the lizard and electro and then being like man max i just wanted to fix you like i think that back and forth was really good for that those two characters as a whole of like andrew Garfield was not just a jerk which is really how they played him in amazing spider-man it's like really like jerky spider-man but it's like no he does care about these people like they showed that here and i i think this whole like and seeing how they don't work together, like the whole team thing, I thought was really fun in this first half of the fight. Of like, and I think we can stop down here. It's like I uh, talk about the first half is the team aspect of like they're like shooting spider webs and hitting each other and getting each other's path because yeah, they've worked alone most of them, other than Peter Parker, you know, other than Tom Holland's Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, and there's even the contrast later on to like yeah, they're they're bumbling a lot in the beginning, but then like when they really get their plan together, like they really like rock that shit. Like especially when like they're finally like swinging into action. And like uh, from one second, they're like getting in each other's webs to the next where they're like using each other's webs to web off each other's webs. I was like, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And, And this
2: all leads to one of the best lines of the movie where, you know, I was in the I don't mean to brag, but I was in the Avengers. You were in the Avengers. That's great. What are the Avengers? Is that a band? Are you in a band? It, and Toby Maguire's face when he goes like, "That's great!" It, it's just so funny, like so earnest that he's excited for him, even he has no idea what he's talking about.
1: And then Tom I, starts to explain it, and Toby goes,
0: "How is this even helping?" Like it's just so <laughs> good. Why? Well, he, he almost fooled me for a second. I was like, "Wait, does he know who the Avengers are?" Like, uh, are they about to explain this away too? Yeah, well, so uh, it was fun. But yeah, um, I love
1: them swinging off each other. I love the the Statue of Liberty pose. We get them in their all iconic like poses. Um, they it, it's just fun and we see them fight. We see uh, the 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 trailer moment that everyone knew was coming where Lizard gets punched by Air. It wasn't John <laughs> Cena guys. It wasn't it wasn't who we thought. It was it was uh, Andrew Garfield all
0: along. That was probably like the third biggest yell we got in the theater. Like first, it was it was uh, Matt Murdock, then it was the Spider Man, and then it was that shot of like the lizard getting killed. You're like, yeah, we knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I, uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedy with uh, uh, Ned and Zendaya trying to open the portal or try to close the por- portal rather. And, uh, yeah, that, um, and then Dr. Strange shows up again here. Like, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. We get like a lot
1: of things happening, right? We get, uh, we get Dr. Strange show up, but before that we do get them start to get their game together. I think Sandman was the first to get cured, which like it was an intense scene, right? Toby Maguire was like going under, uh, they got, to- uh, Sandman cured and that was like good to see him. I wonder, I, I don't know if you guys felt this, like, obviously we didn't see, uh, Tom Church as, until this shot. I think they just took it from the original. I don't think they could get him or the lizard actor for, like, actual physical. I don't know if they filmed it because we don't see them speak. They're just looking very dramatic and, like, looking up. I feel like they just took that and put them into another – It put them into the C- scene.
2: I was wondering if there was a reason we didn't see Thomas Hayden Church, like you said, like, you know, because he's able to look normal when, when he's Sandman, but they had him kind of be the sand version the entire time. So yeah, I'd be interested to, to see what's going on with that. Exactly. And I should know this. Who was the actor that played the, uh, the, the lizard? Because I, I know Dylan Baker played Kirk Connors in the original trilogy, but never became the, the, uh, the lizard. But I just, I, I couldn't remember who the actual actor was.
1: I'm going to butcher the name. It's right. Rice great
0: yeah that that rings a bell yeah
1: um but yeah and so we got those two we get electro again i love that he's like with the arc re- reactor he was basically impossible for them to fight uh and then we get doc okshow and we don't know if he's good because i will say they played they tricked us a little bit because like when electro shoots him out he goes i liked you better before i'm gonna fry you so you kind of get the sense that maybe he malfunctioned the chip again that's at least how i came into the fight and you see him like take the arc reactor off and we get electro and we get the moment of doc ock and toby michael how did you feel seeing doc ock and tony together or toby together again?
0: <laughs> yeah I, again like uh the it's my favorite spider-man meeting my favorite villain and um i almost wish got more but again um i don't yeah. know give us a fourth spider-man meeting. give us more toby and they're recounting i mean
1: they they said the same lines that they said when they like it, it was reminiscent to spider-man 2 where he's like you you've grown and he's like he's like how, how are you doing and he's like uh taking it day by day or whatever he said it was like that's that's dialogue from that movie which i just thought was really fun too it's just like it was a cool moment to see them just like back you know it felt like that moment it felt like hey look at us who would it, it was like look at us who would have thought we'd be back here
2: and, you know, now that Doc Ock is a good day, can someone just get him some precious tritium for the love of God? It's all he wants.
1: <laughs> well, I have a theory about this. Like, it's crazy. It's not right. But think about this, right? And going out the rail, we're already at an hour 38. But uh, in, in Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock like, has that moment lapse where he's like realizes who Peter is, is able to take the, the, the orb and put it into the water. I know we. I know technically MCU has set up that it's like it would create a, par- a new parallel when they get back. But what if he came back in that moment? That's why he was fixed because he had the new malfunction and he did what was right. He sacrificed himself, and that wasn't that. That was uh, after the events of this. I don't know. That's hmm. my theory now.
2: <laughs> Look, I have a lot to say when we get to that point about what happens a- after it's resolved at the end of the movie. But I want to get there quite yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, of myself.
1: We all but yeah i think that leads us to uh your your boy michael green goblin showing up and dr strange showing (laughs) up as
0: well yeah yeah and uh yeah it's a lot of fun here um obviously he steals the little cube with the thing in it and he sends it back with one of his grenades it blows up and starts to crack open the multiverse here and uh it's kind of similar to some of the stuff we saw in loki huh yeah, did you see some? Did you see some things up in that sky? I mean, I saw Rhino. There's another. There's one guy that kind of looked like a Viking. I figured you might know who that is. That's Craven. Uh-huh. You
1: saw, you saw Craven the Conqueror. You see Rhino. You see Black Cat, and you see Scorpion. Those are the four that you see clearly. There's others that you see like vaguely around. Um, that's exciting stuff. I, lo- I like all those villains. That was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I, I would love to see Craven. I mean, Craven is. Responsible for one of the most iconic Spider-Man stories of all time, where he buries him alive <laughs> and then runs around in a Spider-Man outfit like a lunatic. It's it's great, and I I hope we see that version of it uh, pop into into the movies going forward, no matter what you know form they may take, whether it's with Peter Parker or with if they go the route of Miles or whatever. But I I I can't wait to get the the DVD quality or the you know the VOD quality version of that so I can pause it and start looking through. It. You know I, I need one of those things where they give all the figures numbers, then on the right side they say who they all are because it just it happened too fast. I couldn't tell what was going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's a million YouTube videos out there that will probably break it down better than we will, especially <laughs> when we do get, like, uh, actual releases and get some better footage of all that. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I believe, actually, there is a Craven the Hunter movie in development of some sort. So, uh, yeah, that would make sense. That, that tracks, but um yeah this is uh this is really when uh uh i guess i guess I, we get the the i guess the next big talking point is the fight between green goblin and spider-man on top of the shield there and um yeah this is this is really kind of tommy alluded to he wasn't pulling punches here you see a lot of cool stuff like him like flipping him through the air and slamming him on the ground i i like especially it alluded to again uh back to the uh playstation video games uh he kind of like he will web somebody and then like knee him at the same time which i I really like that um but uh yeah tommy what what, any uh highlights on the green goblin fight here
1: yeah i mean it's really intense right and you still have green goblin like mocking him and oh it's so good like i hate him
0: i hate him so much michael
1: i hate him and and it's so well done um we see like everyone like watching I will say Toby and Andrew, they reacted so slowly, I felt. I felt they could have, like, jumped in way sooner. But we see, like, Toby jump in. I had a little – this is probably my last – well, other than the time, gripe. But I have a gripe here. I think this cheapened this cheap May's death. I think we don't need to see Toby get stabbed here. I, I think – I get it. I know why. It's, it's like – May said what she said, but this now shows it in action. He has to make a choice here, you know, and he could now he has extra reason to kill Green Goblin, and yet he chooses not to. I get it, but it's like to me, you either kill Toby, to Toby Spider Man, if you're gonna stab him, or you just don't stab him at all. It feels like a cheap trick there to get that emotion from us. Of so like, you know, everyone in that room gasped the minute you saw Toby get stabbed. Um, I didn't feel like it was necessary. I'm glad he's still alive. Like I didn't want him to die. Let me my preface when I say I want one or the other, I just didn't want it to happen. But I also did like that, like, man, I, I was thinking, I'm like, man, he's standing there not looking at Green Goblin for a really long time. Like, I thought that while it was happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that, you know, what seemed to be horrible in the moment in the end was just a flesh wound, apparently, for Tobey Maguire. But, but we also we shouldn't um, gloss over during the Green Goblin fight uh, is one of the most iconic scenes of the whole movie where MJ gets knocked off the building and Andrew Garfield, uh, you know, reliving what happened at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 actually saves her this time. And, and again, going back to great acting by Andrew Garfield, the look on his face, like the – that he was able to save her, it, it really spoke a lot right through the screen. I felt it myself, and it, w- it was great to get – for him to get, get that closure uh, for, for that, that particular Spider-Man character.
1: He acted the heck out of that scene. He said nothing, and it said everything. And, like, even if you don't know the context – And like I said before, I do wonder if this holds up for someone who doesn't know the context of you don't know that that's how Gwen went. He just talked about Gwen dying. He doesn't talk about the way. But we know. And and it was so fun. You see Tom try and he gets pushed off. And then you see Andrew come in there and he knows you got to scoop. You don't use those webs. You got to scoop her up in your arms. It
0: was so good. Yeah, it was, again, um, very emotional movie for me. I was, I I had uh, moist eyes throughout the entire thing, but, and it came back here again, but it was also like, it was both emotional and hilarious. uh, And the fact that he was like, are you okay? She goes, yeah, are you okay? And it's like, which is so funny, but like, so like, yeah, it was uh, was a precious moment there. So uh, I did appreciate that. And then again, I I like, uh, for me, it was like the closure Um, between, for for both the spider man and again, like, we didn't focus on these guys' stories a lot, but it was these little choices that really, like, rounded out the characters for me. Obviously, the Andrew and MJ scene, and then we get Toby, who actually stops the glider from killing Green Goblin, which again, uh, he indirectly is responsible for his death, and his movies as well, due to the glider, so, yeah, uh, uh, again, very small choices that allude back to their original movies, and how they're able to, like, close out um or or fix some of the mistakes they've made in the past. And we see a, a, a cured
1: Green Goblin with Norman. I, I felt for Norman here. It's like hard, right? Because Tom's like obviously pissed at him, but it's really not Norman's. It's hard, right? Because it's not Norman's fault. It's Green Goblin's fault for everything that just happened to Tom. But man, Norman, you did a lot of bad stuff to Tom Hall and Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and okay, so here's, well, i guess i guess we'll we'll go to um he he goes and meets dr strange next and uh this is when he he kind of uh makes the sacrifice and says that uh which uh i think dr strange could have made the choice for him like uh like i, I felt like it was probably a small price to pay for like the destruction of uh the multiverse altogether or or just the chaos and in, in itself but uh yeah tom, tom holland volunteers to. Uh, yeah, re- reverse it, reverse it. Let everyone forget about me. Uh, which, again, um, yeah, I mean, Dr. Strange just should have done that in, on his own, but... No! Come on, honey! Uh, no, he cares about this kid. He's gonna, He like he said, he's
1: like, everyone you love, or everyone that loves you, your family, your friends, we, he says, we, Dr. Strange loved this kid, and he said, we will forget you. He wanted there to be another way. He knew this was the other way because you see him when he's like, Tom comes to his own realization, and Dr. Strange is like, Yeah, it will work. We can't do that. I won't let you do that. And it shows, like, I need compassionate Dr. Strange. There's so many times we see not compassionate Dr. Strange. I needed him to be a little sad boy and be like, yeah, I don't want to lose this little guy. He's great. And it's, like, it's just like like you guys said. It's, like, man – you just wanted to erase that they knew Spider Man and Peter Parker, and now look, like you wanted to include May in it, and, and it's almost like you're hung by your own petard, right? Because it's like now it's even worse. You you just dig a bigger hole. It was like uh, if you throw a baseball in a house and you break something, and you try to fix it, but in doing so, you now create a hole in the wall. It's like <laughs> you've done more damage, Peter Parker, but it's still sad for him. You know, he's gonna lose everyone, and he's complete. He's already lost May, but now he's completely alone. And Doctor Strange knows he, in that moment, he knows he's doing that. And so I I don't think you can make that choice from. That's such a big choice to make.
2: But isn't the move, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but at the end of the movie, isn't the move, like they all remember Spider-Man. Spider-Man has been forgotten. We know he is. So J.J. Jameson knows who he is. Don't you go to St. Sanctorum St. and go, hey, it's me, Spider-Man. Here's who I really am. And by the way, here's what happened. And then, you know, at least... You you could get some camaraderie from fellow Avengers at least. I mean, I don't think you have to be alone in the room. I mean, I, I guess that's not the point of the movie as they're trying to maybe wrap up the Peter Parker storyline. But I feel like he has some moves left if he if he wants to to make them.
1: Sure, I I think he can reveal himself as you say. It doesn't bring back those memories. It doesn't be bring yeah. back like those moments with Peter Parker. It doesn't. He he can show his face to uh, MJ. She's never going to remember that they had a relationship. She's never going to remember all that um so i think there is still consequence right even though like you said he can't reveal himself i also don't think he's going to because i think he now sees the 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 harm it can do by revealing yourself you know i think that's kind of what it came to when he didn't uh we're jumping ahead but like with mj and Ned, like he didn't reveal himself because he sees the dam- he sees the bandage he sees that like it may be better for everyone not to know even dr strange you know maybe better for me to be alone and that's like a classic peter park I hate it. It's a classic Spider-Man Peter Parker thing where he's like, "No, I have to be by myself." MJ, I love you, and you now know I'm Spider-Man. But we still, you can like, you we can't be together. You have to forget about Spider-Man. It's like it's classic Peter Parker to want to isolate himself.
2: It, it kind of gets yada yada. Do MJ and Ned just all of a sudden go? Why the heck am I at the Statue of Liberty? What happened? Why am I here? Like,
1: uh, <laughs> which, which, kinda, what are they called? It?
2: Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's. It's interesting. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to talk about all the, the the idea of, like, if everyone sees Spider-Man, but I want uh, to, to get into it. Like, yeah, so we see Dr. Strange do this spell, and, like, MJ, we get the last moments, Michael. How did you – you already – you said you were already, uh, you know, watery eyes. How is this uh, goodbyes doing for you?
0: Yeah, no, again, super emotional stuff. Um, you know, actually, this is, like, a lot – like the the last like 15 minutes here is like I have a lot of questions and maybe even complaints and gripes about how. This, and I'm sure we'll go to Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Magic and they'll explain a lot of the stuff how it all works uh, in hindsight. But uh, a lot of questions about how this stuff works. My first and foremost gripe: um, we, we send we send everyone back to their universes, which um, uh, did did they have to fix them because now they're being sent back to the same position they're in where they're gonna die like all this work
2: just I, to, uh, I don't think they sent him back. I think they created branch timelines and yeah. their variants now and the original characters still die but in this new world because what we saw in this movie is that Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man they kept living their life. So if you suddenly change the history in their past history, what's going on in the future, you know, with with current MJ and and Tobey Maguire, I mean, the, the ramifications are just too much. Uh, I'm sure this stuff will be picked up someplace or or maybe they'll just, again, maybe they'll just yada yada it, but I'm of the mind that he he saved different versions of these, but there's another version, the original version of these also meet their original fate.
1: I think you are led to believe that, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's parallel universes. I think you're allowed to be that. Like, they pop back into that moment, right? But, like, Electro's not powered. At, at that point, if Garfield killed him, it's now murder. Like, like, he is a harmless, he should go to jail. There's probably other things that will happen to him, but, like, he's not powered anymore. The only one I think still probably does is, is again, like Doc Ock, because like I said, there's not much you can do at that point. It was already, if he said, he already said that's when he disappeared, was right on that, like the doc. And like, that's the case. That's not great for Doc Ock. But I do think the other ones, um, I think like, again, if they're like sane, they can't really do anything at that point. Uh, so I, I have hope for that. My one, like, I, I do say, so when they all go back, you know, we have Tom, uh, Toby and, and Andrew go back and that nice moment with them. That didn't feel like Peter Parker saying goodbye to two other Peter Parkers. That felt like Tom Holland hugging Toby and Andrew and saying, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for letting me live my childhood dream and being with my Spider-Man. Like, that's how that felt. And like, that was such an impactful moment for me. Cause that's how, that's how it came across. like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. was not to Peter Parker. That was to them.
2: And the beauty of this movie is they really Goldilocks the whole Peter Parker situation that there wasn't too much and there wasn't too little. It was just right. And and they hit that sweet spot where it was uh, Tom Holland's movie, but you didn't feel shortchanged on seeing Toby and, and Andrew. And if, if they had mixed up that ratio, I think the movie wouldn't have worked as well.
1: Yeah. And, and so what I was going to say uh, real quick was, yeah, so like the idea that they can go back. So they forget Peter Parker. I have to imagine that they like, forget this universe is Peter Parker. So that's what I was saying earlier. Of Like, I think it's this universe, because otherwise do they not know who they are? They're just <laughs> <laughs> so. So that's where I, I do give them some benefit with all this. I, I will preface it and we'll, we'll nitpick it because I do have nitpicks. is like it is magic it's you know it is magic it's probably making their brain believe things that didn't actually happen so anything we can say is just it's magic but i do want to get into the nitpickiness as well uh but michael
0: what did you feel of, of the toby goodbyes well yeah no i agree with you it was almost like not only like you said uh these were mentors in the movie and they also were mentors uh as actual actors as well which I did appreciate all that parallel and I I do, I want to mark down because this is a historic event for Stark warriors. I I think we are uh, hitting the uh, longest episode, Uh, Jesse. (laughs) Thank you for your patience here. Uh, We'll, 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 we'll wrap this up here, but I do, again, I want to talk about the gripes uh, as well quickly. Um, I I guess my big one here and a lot of it, it makes sense. You know, again, it's magic. Uh, You can't, but my question is we see a scene with happy here at the end and happy is still, he still has his relationship with Spider-Man. I just, uh, I I don't know that uh, who does he think Spider-Man was like, there is like all of his memories just replaced of Tom Holland, just replaced with Spider-Man. Like,
1: all the moments with Peter Parker, gone. The only moments he remembers is with Spider-Man. So when he talks of like I know me, it's through like those feast moments where he's Spider-Man. But any moments with Peter Parker where he sees that face, erased. That's how I take it, right? It's any moment that you have with Peter Parker, erased, you just know the Spider-Man moments. It's not that every moment with Peter Parker is not replaced with a Spider-Man moment. It's it's they're just gone um the only thing i will say that's an issue with is and we haven't really talked about like mj and all this i thought zendaya acted the heck out of that goodbye scene too where she's like i'm gonna find out don't if you don't tell me And like that whole that's why i do have issues of her him not telling her because it's like she made him promise and he broke the promise it was so sad but like my what i was gonna say is the only thing with my theory that it's like the Peter Parker's are a is like she's wearing the black Dahlia necklace. Who does she think gave her the black Dahlia? So that's where I will gripe with you a little. Is like, who gave her that necklace then?
2: Well, this is actually currently happening in Daredevil comics where people knew who Matt Murdock was and then they forgot. And the way they're looking at it is that anytime you look at any kind of newspaper or anything that says who he was, they either see something different or they don't see anything at all. So maybe – you know, the spell rewrites their memories into making everything, having everything make sense. I mean, who who knows? In in the end, Peter Parker's incompetence led to uh, the entire world being mind-raped, and I just think we can't get over that. (laughs) To Doctor Strange. (laughs) Blame the Strange. Yeah,
1: just uh, a
0: movie full of mistakes, yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's for me. That's how I'm living with it is like they're erased, And that makes me feel better about it. Cause I was with you guys that came out and I was like, I have so many questions now because anytime you do this erasure thing, it always leads to, it. but we have other Marvel things that do this. All There's other things that we've let go before that also do similar things. So I've, I've learned to let, live and let go, as endure and let go. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 do think that, uh, I, this cat facing is another one. We do get, uh, I don't know if you know who this guy, I believe the guy that the old man sitting at the table is the cameo who we get at the end of the credits to give a, a, a thank you to the first believer, the original believer, uh, Avi Avrad, who's the original producer. Uh, he was the original Kevin Foggy. before Kevin Foggy, He was yeah. the one that started Marvel entertainment. I have issues with it personally. Um, he's a controversial producer. He butted heads a lot with the vision that MC that Marvel was going like, to be honest, if he had it his way, this his way, we wouldn't be having Spider-Man show up in the MCU because he never he wanted that to be separate. He didn't want to ever bring anything together. So I think it's interesting. I I do see what they're saying is like we wouldn't have had Tobey Maguire Spider-Man without him. So I appreciate him for that. But like, I don't know if we needed a cameo and the credit at the
0: end. Yeah. Uh, no. no uh, is he the new Stanley though? Is he gonna be in all the? Mix? I don't know. I, can, I hope not. <laughs> uh yeah but so there's uh, are we missing anything else here before we I, I definitely there's some good discussions i have about these post-credit scenes yeah. um so before we get to that if you, if there's anything else you guys have on the ending here stop me now i'll
1: say my bits because you know me i have to i had to get everything out of i'm going go go, go
0: uh yeah
1: cafe thought was good i like that he, like i said before i like the band-aid thing i like that he knows that and like they had the, still the chemistry between them, even when they don't know each other. there's still there's chemistry there, and I I love him starting off in an apartment. It looked very similar to Toby McGuire's apartment, in Spider-Man Two, and like it, it is that Parker look like he's still. He's still going out and being Spider-Man. He's still living his life. You know, literally he's lost everything. He lost everything. His apartment, he now has to uh, get a GED. He doesn't even graduate high school. Like, that sucks. <laughs> and he's still, uh, he still has that conversation with Happy where he goes, listen, we're doing it for her. Like, she's not her. This is all for her now. And I, I thought that was a really good conversation, a good goodbye to Happy. I, I don't think we'll see him. Maybe Armor Wars. Maybe we'll see him a little bit with all this Stark stuff. But um I thought it, I thought it was a good wrap up with that. I like seeing him with. We didn't even talk about it. He got rid of the no more Stark influence, no more nanotechnology.
0: We got the, his suit. We got we got his fabric suit. <laughs> no more nanotech. No more nanotech. Uh, yeah. No, Jesse. What do you think about the this? I, I like this because I feel like it was very much inspired by his buddies that he had just met. Um, but yeah, you you like the new suit.
2: Yeah, you know the colors popped a lot more. It's what you think of when you read a Spider-Man comic book, rather than the more muted tones you get a lot when you see the the, the uniforms they make. So that that was a lot of fun. And, and I, I almost forgot to ask this: Am I the only person who thought there was a good chance that when Ned walked in, he was going to go kiss MJ, and that and that you that Peter would have to sit there and watch his best friend now dating his his girlfriend because he never existed?
0: Uh yeah, I did not. <laughs>
1: You should I, twist the knife in a little more.
0: <laughs> I don't think that was I, on my bingo
1: card. But. I did too. I, I I felt I didn't want it, but I like when they came in, especially she started out as fell and I like fellow engineer, is what she was saying. But I kind of thought it was gonna be like my fella, which doesn't sound like an MJ line, to be honest. <laughs> but I was like, I was worried as well, Jesse. I thought that could definitely happen.
0: Yeah. Um But yeah, no, I think this sets up so many cool stuff like where they could go with all this in the future. Um, Yes, Tommy? I have a theory.
1: This is what I'm putting out now.
0: I want to see, listen, Marvel right now is getting
1: dangerous. They keep trying to one-up each other. You know, you had Thanos and they're going so intense. I don't mind a Spider-Man for a little bit in this trilogy we don't get MJ and Ned for a little bit. He's off on his own. He's focusing on the grit of New York. We get Kingpin. We get Tombstone. We get Black Cat. Maybe Black Cat is a new love interest. That's what I want to see the, the, the MCU go with, with Spider-Man. Is like, we've gotten high school Spider-Man. Let him be that friendly neighborhood. We kept calling him that, but he wasn't really. He kept going off into space and all this other stuff. Let him be the friendly neighborhood, and we get those moments of him being in New York.
0: And uh, w- uh, we also did touch on this, but Electro alludes to, uh, he says he hopes that there's a black Spider-Man out there, which I think this is the perfect time to bring in Miles Morales in the next movie. Yep. You know, he's on his own. He has time to like train somebody and mentor somebody. Again, we've talked about so many times that uh, Tom Holland has been the mentee for so long. I think it would be cool to shift that role for the next time. And also what's interesting to me is, I would like to see possibly how we can fit uh, this universe's Gwen Stacy in. You know, especially now he knows that name. I'm curious, like, if that character ever comes in, will he be like, wait a second, you're important to me.
1: No, he's going to stay away from her because he knows that she dies. And he's going to be like, I can't touch Gwen Stacy now. Um, I just had a theory, Michael, based on what you were just saying with Ned. What Ned's going to college. What if Ned's roommate in college is Miles Morales and that ties in Ned also like people at the beginning were saying that Ned had very much similarities to uh, uh, Miles Morales, roommate. That would be cool. That would be a cool introduction.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Jesse, comic book wise, are they isn't uh, isn't Peter Parker supposed to be a little older than Miles, though? Oh,
2: f- far old. I mean, it's yeah. one of my biggest gripes with a lot of people who review the Spider-Man movies. But They're always like, you know, Spider-Man works best as a high schooler. Like, Spider-Man graduated from high school in 1965. You know, <laughs> it, but people don't care about that. But they yeah, spent he's- a lot
1: of time with him in high school. Like high school, I I'm yeah. one of the people that I wanted more time in high school because the comics <laughs> spent a lot of time with him in high school. They did, you know. But I agree with you. Now we're in the modern age. I think they could age him up. I think yeah, they it, yeah they Spider-Man a couple of years.
2: I mean, who the heck knows how these sliding scale of ages go? But I, I always think of Spider-Man as being, like, mid to late 20s. I'm probably sure it's like, probably 25. Where Miles Morales is, like, a 16- or 17-year-old kid. So, yeah, there, there is a big age difference in that. And and um, I wouldn't mind them kind of blending the two together because, you know, the, the Ultimate Comics, Peter Parker died, then Miles came out, and then they basically just figured a way to yada yada it so the worlds collided and that they're all in the same universe and they they interact but it's not necessarily as a as a mentor mentee issue and i wouldn't mind having like one last tom holland thing that introduces miles and the end of that movie sets up miles as the spider-man going forward
0: and whatever comes next yeah yeah get him in the young avengers come on <laughs> uh but uh Okay, well, I'm ready to talk about, because uh, this might be my next gripe here, um, is this Venom post credit scene. Um, I heard a theory about this. I don't know if I buy it, but I don't think he should be here. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Venom movies, and he also doesn't know who Peter Parker is, so I don't know why he's here. Um, the theory I heard was that the symbiote is like a multi-universal uh, being that knows things, therefore he can... I was like, whatever. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Uh, he shouldn't be here. Michael, you're 100% right.
1: It's stupid. It's the best case we could scenario we could have got from Venom's post credit scene. I was so nervous about Venom showing up in this. This is the best case. He's in for a little bit, but we get the Venom goo. And I think that's important. We get the Venom, and we're going to see Venom in a Tom Holland. And I, I was very nervous we were going to get Tom Hardy's version in there. I didn't want that. It's a new version. We don't have to deal with Tom. They basically confirmed it. We don't have to deal with him. And, uh, so, so I'm, I hear you. I hear those grapes. I agree with those grapes. It's worth it. It's worth it to get them out of there. Like we got them in and out. Well,
2: you know, I, I was really happy to see, uh, my boy, Danny Rojas from, uh, from Ted Lassa show up in that scene, but I think the big loser in all of this is Topher for grace. I mean, they brought Venom in here for five seconds. They couldn't, they couldn't even give a, throw him a bone, but you're right. Like I, I had the second Venom movie as one of my worst movies of this year. I, I, I like the first one. It was fine, but this one I, I can't understand. So I'm glad that's staying its own thing but i guess it also though confirms that like, morbius and and craven if they come out with movies are also going to be separate from the marvel universe they'll be in the sony verse or whatever itself so you know I, I think it's a situation where now if they want to bring venom in at some point they can if they want to ignore it they can go ahead and ignore it so you know i good for tom hardy for getting those checks but i'm I'm glad he's not in the marvel uh mcu yeah yeah so. am I'm,
0: I'm a winner <laughs> yes, you are. To- uh, Tommy won the cameo draft. We did cameo draft. I had some really dumb <laughs> choices in hindsight. Tommy, you had the best you. team. I thought we were going to get Miles Morales too in, in a postcard scene, but um, I regretted
1: not picking one of the ones I thought might show up in the like at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, I should have picked like Kristen Dunn's uh, MJ. I thought maybe she might show up for like a like at some point in the movie. It's, uh, but yeah, I got Venom. But I so you know real quick, uh, Alex Bazzard was on last week. Uh, uh, his Uh, He would like to motion that we should consider the fact that his two picks were in the Morbius trailer before the movie.
0: So he believes that should count because they were technically (laughs) in his viewing of the movie. I mean, listen, we got like a hundred Uncle Ben references and name drops in this. So I picked Uncle Ben. Uh, If we're doing that, I should win too. Yeah, Uh, Briz, I think we did cut our losses here. I'm proud to crown Tommy the cameo king at this time. Until next time, because Multiverse of Madness is going to be a
2: good one to do a cameo. Yes, on. Well, you know, of, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was like, you know, uh, Robbie Freeman, who we talked about, uh, my my podcast partner. He like a year ago when they started talking about this. His theory was we're going to get Chris Evans back, but as Johnny Storm in Multiverse of Madness. Oh,
0: because okay. there was there was
2: rumors of of maybe Chris Evans changing his mind and coming back, but then he doesn't want to be Captain America. So what if what if he shows up as Johnny Storm just as like an alternate universe? Uh, ff member i think that'd
1: be great i'm excited for i mean listen any fit that's for at this point i <laughs> trust john watts he's not getting enough credit for how great he did these movies and like the fact he's gonna be fantastic for i i think you know right now technically tom holland's only signed for one movie there, there's i think there's a lot of negotiating in the press right now there's a lot of sony saying one thing amy saying one thing kevin saying one thing i, I think a lot of that's going on i think we're gonna get more don't get me wrong we have one could it be a crossover with Fantastic Four? Does Spider-Man bring the Fantastic Four? And that's, you know, like comics right there. That would be my favorite. But uh, I, I, uh, agree, you know, I, I think that could have been fun. Chris Evans come back. I think it would have been wonky, right? Because he already got him as cap. I think we would have had to explain a lot <laughs> with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um uh well now that we're talking about multiverse of madness uh we did i love this and i made a tweet uh saying that every uh, tommy yeah you, would you close your eyes during this part i i saw your tweet and i was like oh i can't wait
1: to talk about this just your tweet michael they trapped me they trapped me in the theater i was expecting a credit scene and they made me watch a trailer no no more trailers at the end of movies
0: Well, Jesse, what's your opinion on trailers? Are you like, uh, do you like consume everything you can get, or do you stay away from them? Because that's this is a constant debate here. Well, in in the
2: internet age, I'm anti-trailer, not because I don't want to see something, but it's that I've seen all the trailers before the movie before I go in there, and I'm just sitting there for half an hour waiting for the movie to start. But I don't have anything against the trailer at the end of the movie, and maybe they just didn't have you know a scene that would have done justice. So I I had no problem. I'm not the kind of guy who tries to avoid seeing everything before I go into something, you know, I'm, I'm I, that's not, the world we live in and, and the, the websites and the podcasts we listen to are going to spoil these things. So I, I try not to do it. I just said, it, you know, it's like the, uh, the wham challenge where you try not to hear last Christmas before Christmas. It, it's never going to happen, even though I try every year. So let, let's just go ahead and, and show me what they got.
1: They just show so much, Jesse, though. Like, uh, did you guys get the, the Kurt Warner football movie trailer before your movie? yes that, that trailer told you the entire movie i don't need to see the movie now i know the <laughs> entire movie because of the trailer I, I, marvel's way better at it right we look at spider-man they told us the beginning of the movie they did not tell us anything like it, they did a really good job so i do trust them with this dr strange trailer i i did see it um obviously very excited for like we got chavez we got so many i don't might have missed that casting so I'm i'm just excited for a lot of what they're setting up we got you know, Supreme, we got we got Strange Supreme, the evil that that was cool. Um, who, who knows what else? I've already, you know, yeah, I
2: forget what the name is. Yeah, you know, that the demon with like the giant eye with tentacles that's gonna be like the bad guy in the next one. I, you know, it's one of those like something goth or something. I, I should know I've read the comics for a million years, but you know, I think I, that one was spoiled through Legos, from what I understand. That yeah.
0: uh,
1: yeah. It, that
2: happens way more often than it should.
1: <laughs> and they're doing, resho- they just finished up reshoots where it's rumored that like. Or not even just rumors. Just basically, is that the, a lot more characters were added in those reshoots? There's more people showing up. I, I'm, I would you know, I don't want to ruin my click cameo. I will save it for the cameo. Yeah. yeah so you know, oh.
2: <laughs> what, what, what movie are we getting next after Doctor Strange?
0: I I'm Trying it, to think it what,
2: what it's going to lead into because we're Thor, maybe Thor: Love and Thunder. That sounds about right.
1: Mm-hmm, so, right. Yeah,
2: but but I I feel like that might be you know separate from this. I don't know. You know, there's blame COVID for oh so many things in this world but one of them is getting all these things out of order and making us wait longer for more marvel movies which uh you know i guess in the grand scheme of life isn't a big deal but you know we're we're marvel nerds we want to get the stuff out as soon as possible so um I, you know i'm looking forward to to um dr strange and the multiverse of madness and i i'll watch like i said in the beginning even the worst marvel movie and the worst marvel tv show is still entertaining and, uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty lucky to the fans of these properties that uh, we've gotten, you know, uh, average is the worst we've gotten, which, hey, yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, but no, just to touch on it well, once again, Uh I always feel like I have to defend myself. But you're <laughs> right, Jesse, you made it. You made a good point. Like a lot of this stuff I mean, we're going to hear about it anyways. Strange Supreme is going to be front and center on the cover pro- or on the poster. Probably it's like you're going to. Like, I- I'm going to get this. So I might as well experience that in the moment. And, like, like you're going to experience it one way or another. So why not, like, get uh, the uh, – again, it's the Christmas decorations things. I'm wearing a Christmas sweater. Like, I- I'm celebrating Christmas all month. Why would I just celebrate Christmas on Christmas? Because you get Eternals moments where things can get ruined. But luckily I stayed away, and
1: I can went into Eternals completely unspoiled. And you know what? I came out a better person because of Michael.
0: <laughs> I came out shining. All right, all right. Well, okay. We'll we'll uh, just uh, you're right. We we got Strange Supreme. We see Wanda. It's really exciting. They're tiny. well, uh, Doctor Strange and the books. will get there. Um, exciting. I'm, Wanda. Wanda. Yes. Yeah. So, they should mentioned Westview. They're not just uh, ignoring these TV shows, which well, I he did, he did what he say? I'm not even here for Westview. All right. I guess we're not. Wanda's not getting her punishment at all. They just, <laughs> that
1: that's thrown out the window. No, Wanda's a good person. We're all supposed to just not care about Westview
0: yeah so um but uh okay real quick real quickly um i want to do this because i I, like that i I do have a recommendation here um we'll just do rapid fire okay um i I was gonna do tick tick boom everyone should go watch tick tick boom but i also want to double down on my andrew garfield if i I can't give you that yeah tommy give me a break um but go watch under the silver lake that is a great andrew garfield movie uh, a lot of fun just again once again showcasing how wonderful this actor is um go do that um uh tommy i'll go to you Uh, real quickly what do you got you got a recommendation hey real quick uh, x-men cartoon
1: i've been re-watching it to get hyped for x-men 97 man it's really cheesy man there's a lot of like animation (laughs) that just glitches and in lines a wolverine is it really makes you kind of hate wolverine and like cyclops way more he's got this real growly voice and he's like i go where i wanna go (laughs) it's really cheesy but i've been enjoying it go watch it
0: all right jesse do you, do you have a recommendation
2: for us i have a recommendation it, it doesn't fit the theme of this podcast at all but whenever i have a new audience i have to give it a shout out uh go get paramount plus and watch the good fight if you listen to my podcast you know it's near and dear to my heart um it's a great show that doesn't get a lot of love because people didn't have cbs all access or paramount plus for the longest time also the good wife a fantastic show which it's a spin-off from was on cbs and we all have like, oh, you know, okay, it's blue is on for the 20th season. We're not going to watch that. The Good Fight is a fantastic show. Uh, you will watch it. You will enjoy it. And you will come thank me for it.
0: Well, okay, Jesse, you mentioned uh, the podcast here. Well, again, first and foremost, a big pat on the back. I don't know if you knew what you were getting yourself into, but <laughs> I appreciate you sticking with us through this. It, it, again, uh, you're one of my favorite podcasters, so it's an honor to have thank you, you here. And uh, I want to give you the opportunity and the platform to go ahead and tell people where they can find you on Twitter and tell them about your podcast and where to find that.
2: Yeah, you can get us on uh, Kickball Friends on Twitter. Um, our podcast usually comes out on Tuesday afternoon, so uh, be on or Tuesday evenings usually be on the lookout for that. Uh, Robbie Freeman and I have been friends now for a little over a decade, I think. We met playing kickball, adult kickball, that is, and uh, we both figured out that we're huge fans of pop culture, of television, of movies, and when I was looking for a new podcast host, we decided, you know what, let's team up and do this together. It's been a lot of fun, and we're going to be hitting our 100th episode in the next couple of weeks or so, uh, so that's, that's a point of pride for me and uh I, I would love to have you listen to it and uh send us your love
0: yeah yep. no totally uh, again just to double down uh one of my favorite podcasts so uh I, I i told robbie this it's like the watch but way less pretentious that's how i look <laughs> at it um I, the why i stopped listening to the watch because they like some of their opinions just really annoy me you guys are like you you like really like the prestige stuff but then you're also open to talking about like the marvel and fun stuff yeah. too so uh, just I mean, wait for my
2: top 10 movies of the year. There's going to be some prestige stuff in there. But there's going to be like, you know, I don't know if it's going to make it gonna be like army of the dead type stuff in there that, you know, I just enjoyed watching it. And I'm not, I'm not above saying this is great. I mean, you know, I, I can only watch the lighthouse so many times before I want to blow my brains out, you know, maybe a good movie, but let's move <laughs> on to something a little more fun.
1: Yeah, and we've seen both sides now. We've seen Robbie, we've seen Jesse now. So you basically got the podcast. Just take both their <laughs> both their parts from the the two
0: different episodes they were on and mash it together, and that will be the podcast. Well, uh, Jesse, I want to ask you real quickly. Uh, it's hard for me to believe you guys have been friends for ten years. Y'all didn't break up, and like, uh, how, how do you get along with this guy for ten ten years? Like, is that consecutive time or? Well, wow. you know, as
2: they say in many things, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And uh, you know, he moved away from DC, wallster That I moved back to Connecticut, and he's in New York City now. So, you know, we may be only two hours of drive away, but we really are just a text away, or or a uh, or a you know, podcast away. So, uh, that's like anything. It's good to be close enough to be able to do these podcasts, but have your own your own space to move along when you know you just can't handle being around that person twenty four seven, or even maybe you know more than an hour a week.
0: That's <laughs> yes, completely fair. Well, again, Jesse, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out here with a couple thank yous to Aaron Robertson, who did our music, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. i also I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars. Also, subscribe. I mean, that helps the algorithm and that helps you always be updated on what we got going on follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod and if you want to join our little Discord community you can message us there and come chat with us. but that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye 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 bye